Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. All right, welcome to the Sebe cast number 148 with Frey. Frey, how are we doing this fine evening? Oh, I'm doing okay. I'm out in the studio. It's very dark. I've had the I've had the uh, the, the heating on for about 2 hours ahead of time to get nice and warm. So <laughs> And now it's off. Good. Uh, is, is it like you well, turn it on and it then off. you turn it off? Just it's residual heat, which is nice. I see, I see. Cuz that's actually what I do for the cast. I have the like the ac slash heater unit right in front of me and i literally cannot have it on during these casts so i have to crank up the heat during the winter or crank like the ac in the summer just right beforehand where where in the u.s do you live does it get ridiculously cold or what well i live in oregon now it's very temperate so actually right now i think it's it's about 45 degrees fahrenheit so i don't i don't i don't know the calculation from well, well depending how long this goes on it, it, i think it's getting down to like minus three here tonight so oh god <laughs> i might have to boot the heater off again okay no no that, that shouldn't be a problem well we'll see how long it goes but uh frey it's nice to have you on the cast it's uh nice to officially meet you and i want to just start off with a brief introduction of who you are what you're known for and i guess uh, well here we'll start off with like runescape history and then kind of your progression into content creation. How about that? And a little bit of who you are, IRL, potentially. Yeah, go for it. So, um, yeah, my name is Frey or Fraser. There's a little little bit of inside info there to, uh, you know, the fans, uh, the, the, the small amount of them that there are. Um, yeah, kind of from the UK, I'm 27 years old, uh, married, two kids. One of them you can probably see in the thumbnail of this video. Um, and yeah, I've, I've played RuneScape for, by the sounds of it, longer than you. I think, I think you are actually quite late or did you have a break in between? I had a break. Well, I, I don't know. It's hard to say because I would say I probably actually started RuneScape in 2015, but my like child self of ages nine to 12 played when I, from the years 2004 to 2007. So, but I literally took an eight-year complete break from the game. So, 
Yeah. Wow, yeah, that's a long one. Yeah, no, I, I did something similar. So when must I have started? I must have started probably similar to you about 2004. Um, but I played pretty solidly through till 2014. Um, and I took one year off. Um, and that was like playing RuneScape the whole time. I didn't swap to old school uh, when it came out. Um, and then I took about a year off and then started old school in like 2015 i watched uh boaties one man army and that got me got me hyped and ready to go and i was like yeah man i'm gonna make a 60 attack zerka and then you know being bit doing pking you kind of realize at that point like by the time i got there maybe what 2016 2017 uh that <laughs> pking was kind of already dead by that point <laughs> Yeah, what what happened exactly with PKing? Because again, like I was never a PKer. I started late into old school, but it seemed like the first couple years of old school was heavily dominated with PKing. Well, it looked so cool, like in that series with Boaty, you're you, you're you're watching him like running around Edgeville, or you know, like the, just over the ditch, and it's just like rammed, like it's two thousand seven, and then you know, by the time you're hitting what twenty fifteen, it's just desolate, pretty much. Um, which is kind of brutal. Um, so yeah, I kind of I made videos back then as well. I I kind of I don't know when I f first started making old school interview videos. Probably like 2017 or something like that. Um, and yeah, I was a zerker for ages and ages and ages. And I sort of branded myself as this like a uh, PVM zerk. Kind of probably before sort of doing niche PVM builds was was a thing. Um, so that kind of carried me probably to a moderate amount of success. Like I used to kind of have some videos that did like 50, 60, 70 K views from time to time. Um, and then what happened? Oh, I, I kind of graduated university, um, started working a real job and then just had absolutely no time to make videos anymore. So kind of, uh, quit the video making side, but probably fair to say really upped my uh gaming hours um to kind of compensate somehow like you know every hour i wasn't at work i was gaming in some variety um and that's kind of when i got to be like a really sort of end game iron man and that kind of thing very cool yeah i feel like one of the saddest parts about i don't know it really depends on the creator's perspective and what their like deep passion is Toward, like if their passion is big enough toward the game like when they start video creation or streaming and then life eventually like comes in full force and they realize they have to make a decision like is it going to be content creation and making you know pennies or is it going to be like actually living a, a normal life so how did you feel in that like instance because uh i mean obviously you like have a kid and stuff so i <clears throat> i imagine you know the whole video making process is definitely not as streamlined as being like single and unbothered <laughs> well yeah exactly so I, I didn't have a kid back then i just kind of started a job that was very much like in an office so you know from hours of like 8 till six thirty, i was just out of the house all day every day um which kind of doesn't really lend itself to content creation because i feel like very much particularly then uh in sort of like 
2018, 2019, I, I didn't feel like the money was very good in comparison to what it is now. I feel like there's a lot more opportunities around things like sponsorship. I feel like the CPM on YouTube is also just generally a lot higher as well. Um, so then you kind of really had to be one of the big boys doing it full time to like actually make it as 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 a career. Um, and yeah, as, as you say, now I've got a I've got two kids, so yeah, I can't I can't do it to the same extent as as some people, um, which which can be a hindrance, but it kind of also forces you to be creative around how you frame your videos and that kind of thing. That's really cool, though. You still find the time to squeeze in some good content. I've been uh, sort of catching up on your YouTube because that, again, like I've had so many creators on the cast, and there's a lot of them that I just haven't been able to just watch i haven't even like really discovered them until i get them on the cast so it's been cool kind of watching your videos just uh over this past week um but you're right about the content creation side of things getting a lot more monetizable like literally i so i again i'm relatively new to the content creation scene in the first place but like i've heard stories where like yeah in early youtube days i'm talking like 2010 to like 2014 even like it just really wasn't viable as a career path at all i mean it was literally just it was like the early days where all it was was about just making content for fun it, there was no like sponsorship deals really unless you were just an absolute massive channel but nowadays i mean seriously you can have a pretty small channel on twitch or youtube and get you know snag some sponsorships and even like you said the cpm has gone through the roof when it comes to like osrs content and i think it's just because advertisers realize how like valuable content creators are in that scene of like just getting people to buy their products so i don't know it's it's pretty cool seeing the like whole landscape transition into like this content creation field i was also talking to mason and crumb the other day and we were just talking about like how you know when we were kids and they're asking about like your career path like what are you gonna do like oh i'm gonna be a firefighter or a doctor or, you know whatever and now it's like a youtuber's a legitimate option like it's an actual option to be a youtuber yeah I, I was saying this to my wife the other day i was saying like i'm surprised there's not more like influencer like learn to become an influencer at university type courses out there because i genuinely think it's quite a it's quite a formulaic thing. I think it, it can be. If you have like three years to really throw your time at it, if you can't make enough to live by the end of those three years, like I, I would be very surprised. Like it's, it, I feel like to get to a certain level is relatively easy. Like you just need to make some high quality videos, you know, whatever platform you want that to be. YouTube or Instagram or or TikTok or whatever like if you can just make good stuff and put it out there for 3 years like you will find success. So I'm surprised it's not more of a like actual career so to speak. I'm sure it will be sooner or sooner or later, but yeah, I'm surprised it's not already. Yeah, there's definitely research being done. I mean, that's literally what Mason does. Like he's in school to learn about like this kind of content creation side how sponsorships interact with all this stuff so it's really fascinating and you're right i mean seriously if, if you have the talent and the drive for something and you create content for three years there's just no way you haven't made at least a dent in you know creating something that's going to be profitable in some way but 
there are still those like, for example, one of the things that's like the most disheartening about people that go into content creation is the idea that all you have to do is just put in the hours or something. But it's so much more than that. Content creation is like finding out what people actually want to watch and being as entertaining as especially in like a live um, scenario when you're like live streaming. That's a that's a difference, I think. But YouTube, the discoverability is so much higher than something like Twitch and just creating content. And, you know, if as long as it's high enough quality, the algorithm will pick it up and you will get subscribers. And it's a pretty cool thing. But there is still that risk. And a lot of people don't have the time or energy to just kind of put their life on hold briefly or even, you know, use a big chunk of their time trying to grow something for a year or three years. So I think that's like the biggest hindrance. The risk I think is like, is I think it's quite easy to, and, and you know, me and you are by no means the biggest creators in this space. So clearly we are, we're the biggest, (laughs) we are the best. Um, Yeah. Come back in 2028 and see who's talking. Um, I was like, cause um, you know, we're clearly not perfect at it, but like, um, if people are uploading and like spending you know hundreds of hours on on a video and uploading it and it's not doing well um obviously there's a there's an element of luck to that but if you're doing that consistently and it's not doing well then i feel like you're just objectively spending your time in the wrong areas i feel like there's so many chunk like one chunk accounts out there that are really really good make youtube videos and and the gameplay is fascinating and frankly, they spend a lot more time in game getting achievements than someone like I do. Um, but it's it's so much more in sort of the framing of of how people are going to find that interesting. That is the skill, I guess, so to speak, in the old school community, because everyone in RuneScape plays the game loads, <laughs> spends loads of hours doing menial crap. Right. Yep. Everyone does that. Um, but it's framing it in a way that's interesting to people that is the hard skill-based part of it, I guess. Totally. And it really, I mean, <clears throat> I remember talking to Settled and, I mean, his journey is like truly this huge spark of luck that came and clearly he was making incredibly high quality videos and really good like storytelling and stuff. But a lot of it was the community's backing of him in a sense. You know, it's like there is that huge element of luck with a lot of things. I even think to myself, I mean, because I'm in the podcasting game, which is very niche in general. There's not a ton of podcasts, but there's there's a few handfuls of them in the OSRS scene. And one of the things that I like see, like there's no way my podcast would have done quite as well if I had just started a podcast and nothing else. Like I never streamed before, never made another YouTube video before, like not been in the community very involved and stuff but like so there is yeah. something about like getting your name out there in different avenues as well i think that's oh, yeah I, I, I definitely think that your your first thing will never be your biggest thing nope um yep. as long as you keep making stuff right and uh, like so many people obviously think of um settled as a tile man and then you know slightly less people will think of him as swampletics and but but even before then he was a decent sized creator like he had like 20 20k subs something like that and he was making 
Ultimate Iron Man content for a long, long time. Um, and crucially, I think what he did that was so successful was was just came up with something new, essentially. Um, people hadn't really conceptualized the, uh, the, the region locked thing before. I'm not sure if Verf's Karamja thing came before or after or at about the same time. Um, but that's the only other one that was kind of similar similar to that. Um, and even that was not quite to the same extent in terms of the storytelling as Swampletics was. And and that was kind of obviously why it blew up, right? Yeah. Um, kind of that that's kind of where people get their real their real jump in fame and subscribers and whatever is when they come up with something original that actually bangs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why someone like Limpwa is so is so popular, right? Because he he although he didn't come up with one chunk, he came up with how to market one chunk really, really well, which was to make it this crazy grind, this kind of thing, right? So that that's that's why he's done so well. And then the few of us that have grabbed onto his coattails and done reasonably well out of it won't ever do as well as him until we come up with whatever our next best great thing is. And that's kind of what I'm trying to work on at the moment, kind of think of what is going to be my Swampletics moment, I guess. Oh, shit. So what, what does it take? So it seems like you kind of are riding off the coattails with a, a few of your different series, but, <clears throat> and you're saying right now, like you, you kind of want to create your own thing. What have you, do you ever like ideate on what that would be? Like, do you have any ideas in your head of like an original series that you would want to do? I know, I know exactly what it is, and I'm I'm playing oh, really? it at the moment. <laughs> and I, I, it is it, it's gonna it's gonna sound ridiculously uh, kind of arrogant or big headed to say this, but I, I genuinely believe it is going to be the best video that Old School Runescape has ever seen. <laughs> Like it's so good. It's 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 gonna have like a wacky amount of progress as one thing as like kind of the the, the anchor to it. Okay. Um. But it's also going to be like a fully scripted and plotted movie as well. So Verf kind of slightly did that with the Rixau saga thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and that absolutely banged. And it was you know a great video. And what I'm really trying to do is take that to the next level like make a movie that is almost like a movie first progress second if that makes sense um interesting so yeah that that, that that's what it's going to be and I've, I've got high hopes in my head that it's going to be brilliant maybe it won't be but that's the um, way to look at it though you want to you you know you need to have that uh i think that um what's the word just promising attitude toward them uh toward a project of your own it's it's good to I mean, have that i mean this this thing is like it's serialized like i've got i've got about three movies planned in my head and um, that i've like semi-written scripts for that like sort of recontextualize all the movies before if you know what i mean you know something a bit like i guess like the sixth sense right where like you watch the movie and then you get to the end and there's the big twist and you go, oh, my God, now I need to watch the movie again to yeah. like or the prestige. See how, that, see the how ob- yeah, the prestige, right? Yeah, yeah. See how that was obvious the whole time. Yeah, that's the kind of vibe that I'm going for. Right. Oh, so you'll watch cool. the first movie. You'll go this. This is great. Whatever. And then hopefully 
in my head, once you watch the second one and the third one, you'll have to watch the first two again to be like, oh my God, that was so obvious all along. <laughs> so Settled finished up his tile man and then he made a long ramble on it and even made a secondary channel continuing on that ramble. And one of the things he was talking about is his new idea for 2024, which he thinks is going to be you know, the, a step up from everything he's ever done before. And it's going to be insane. And he's going to really dedicate himself to that new series. Do you have any ideas on what that is? Well, I, 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 do you know what? Because I'm a content creator and because I'm quite a, um, now that, I mean, we'll probably get into this later, but since I got my Iron Man hacked, I'm definitely in a similar boat to like Settled and Solo Mission and this kind of thing definitely a content creator first and a runescape player second mm-hmm. um and that's only kind of been the case for like the last <laughs> six months or something um but so part of that is like you know you kind of have to chase trends to an extent um and so i was watching that settled video thinking trying to kind of unpick <laughs> what it might be because I was like, I mean, look, if there's one guy in the in the in the in the content space that has got coattails that you can grab onto and get somewhere, it's that guy, right? Yeah. Um, the 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 one thing I could really get from it was that it sounded quite mechanically difficult because he was talking about like spending weeks practicing, and I, I genuinely couldn't think what would need that level of practice and mechanical skill to pull off. Like, I mean, like this. The, the the Rendy style video is obviously quite like that, but I can't really see how Settled would pull that into a kind of coher- coherent storytelling video because that's kind of what he does, right? And 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 that's why his videos get a million views and no one else's does. Um, so yeah, I, did you have any ideas? I okay. So again, like I have similar ideas, but it's something where like. Okay, Settled is definitely more of a storyteller. He's good at the game, don't get me wrong, but with something like he's claiming this is going to be extremely difficult, and I really wonder if he's going to enjoy something very difficult long term. And the thing I was saying, because one of the things he did say for sure is that it will not be an ultimate Iron Man. It'll be a normal Iron Man. And I... The only thing I can really think is it's going to be some crazy thing where, like, he can't have prayer or something, and so he has to tick-eat everything. Or just some, yeah, like you said, like, some sort of, like, Rendy-style thing. But it's just, I I don't know, it just feels, it feels like that would just be horrible. (laughs) Like, not fun. Yeah, because it didn't really line up with the other things that he was saying either, because he was saying about Tileman, the thing he hated the most was the Inferno. So like, and and that bit, and you know, we all sort of understand that frustration. Maybe not so much now, but maybe when we were first doing the Inferno, like that's a really unpleasant thing to do for the first time because you are getting quite frustrated at yourself. So I can't imagine him doing a series where it requires quite a lot of mechanical perfection in a way because I I just don't think he'd enjoy that. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm quite intrigued. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just something that's difficult for him as opposed to difficult, like, generally. Like, is it something that, like, uh, Rastaman could just pull off? No no problem. Dude, <laughs> maybe. You know what's crazy is, like, you, you see these... I mean, I think Rendy is, like, the best content creator in 
in terms of like mechanical ability as in like yeah, big uh, like a, a big youtuber and it is actually it actually blows my mind that someone like noob type or port Kazard or even scotty for that matter i think port Kazard is the name that really comes to mind because he knows the game inside and out and he is insane at it and if he, if he were to do some crazy series and really take that deep dive into like storytelling and have the same creative like brain as settled and use his mechanical ability. I mean, this is literally the like encapsulation of Rendy. I mean, this is that that is why Rendy shines so much is because he really does yeah, know the game inside right, and right. out and and has that. But man, I just think if Port Kazard would uh, you know start getting into like some video creation and come out with some fucking nutty ideas that are just impossible and make a story. Yeah, I mean, to that, it. Guy, that guy's just a joke. Like you'll just be scrolling Twitter absentmindedly, and he'll just have uploaded like a one-minute montage of him doing <laughs> the know. most insane batshit <laughs> fucking thing that you've ever thought of. You're like, what the fuck? And this guy just does not capitalize on it at all from a sort of I clout. Know. He just does it because he's a beast. It, it, that is exactly it. I mean, it's the same. Well, he, you know, I always think of like Jolanine or Rostaman, like, or, or you know, uh, he goes by Scotty now. But he, I mean, they just upload their Inferno runs. And it's like, okay, that's cool. And, you know, it's sometimes it's hard to sort of envision a world where you create a narrative to that kind of thing where it's like he, they're extremely good at the game and it's very fun to watch but you know you're just uploading a raw unedited inferno run eh, it's not that interesting it's, and, it's quite fascinating because old school is pretty much one of the only games you will ever find where being the best it doesn't come with that much like um like social success if like you know what I mean? Popularity, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it hardly follows. It, it's it's kind of irrelevant. Like like they, they, those videos get like a few thousand views, but like in another community, like getting world records is like the thing, right? That that gets the big views, and in this community, for some reason, it just well. Doesn't. I think they get the notoriety they deserve. For example, I think of Wooks, Exact. You know, even I mean, all of these people, Noob Type. We talk all about Mutts. I'm really glad Mutz is in that YouTube game now because he's so fucking good and he's, uh, yeah. you know, the only living hardcore Iron Man with a Zuck helmet right now. Wait, no, actually, one of two because Praisefoot died, but another guy got his uh, Zuck helmet, which is crazy. But I, I just think they get the fame for sure, but it's never like a monetizable thing. Wooks is the only one that truly got it like down to a science. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're kind of right. Yeah, because everyone knows their name. Yeah. But no one watches them. Oh, well, or relatively no one yeah. does. Espe especially YouTube-wise. If Wooks goes live, I mean, Scotty goes live, he pulls numbers, Noob Type pulls numbers. Like these guys will pull numbers, but, yeah. you know, it's not like great sub counts, generally speaking. They don't, they're not like really consistent or in that entertainment department where it's all about like you know kind of getting that good balance of it and the youtube game lacks as well so if they could get that youtube game especially down that would be huge yeah i mean that that's the thing i think i think that is that's the kind of thing i think that could really be a, a sort of a shift in the youtube meta right because whatever settle does next will be a huge shift at least for a few months in terms of what does well on youtube like the people copying him will do well he will do really well 
similar uh, series will kind of come out for a little bit and that sort of change the meta. Um, so if, if he does something that is focused around just being really, really good at the game, if those kinds of guys can be bothered <laughs> to um, to make some videos, I, I think they could they could go ballistic. And, and, and you do see it, to be fair, like with a cold one recently has had yep, yep. an insane amount of success. And, and all of that, or a large majority of that is predicated off having some level of notoriety in game for being a really, really good player. And then when you actually can be bothered to pull your finger out and make some sort of story that sells to the community, like you can go, you can blow up like real quick. So yeah, I, I know if I was those guys, I'd be, I'd be thinking about what I could do, but you know, maybe it's not of interest to them. They'd much prefer to just be the best. That was a good shout out to a cold one because he actually is in that realm of being extremely good at the game. He's got that entertainment value. He's he's been a super entertaining streamer since you know before I even started streaming. I was watching him way back when he was an Iron Man, um, and yeah, now he's on that YouTube game. He's killing it. His YouTube channel's blowing up. He's always doing like he's got that good kind of storytelling it's a simple series generally speaking he's got the humor and he's got the gameplay so yeah he's actually he's nailing it and it's he's only going to get better with time because like all youtubers their first couple years of videos are way worse uh, in comparison to what they eventually come out with years down the road yeah, I think I think that there could be a space. I think for something like a sort of a challenge series using one of these guys, like uh, like Jola or Scotty or whatever, where um, you know it's 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 framed from sort of whatever the content creator's perspective is, but the gameplay is very much them and focused on on what they can do. And I think that could that could play well i don't know how but it, it would be interesting because people are interested in watching someone like port Cazard, you know solo a level 500 tombs of a mascot with a bronze dagger and a short bow or whatever right people would love to see that but they don't have the attention span to sit through a three-hour raw part of it <laughs> yeah um but if you can frame that in a way that is interesting and gets a click on youtube and is less than an hour long um those videos could do great i think yeah uh, no totally i mean look at just you know settled's last video like a finale of mctile and you just see it like he he's going through his inferno run there's no just raw unedited footage of him doing cool things in the inferno it's literally just the kind of story of him failing and that's what you know those port Gazard and the noob type videos would need to be it would need to be them failing at the impossible something that's truly just the magnitude of it is so impossible and see those fails and see like the the narrative the journey of them overcoming yeah, those that's challenges the thing. it's the journey isn't it because when, when they upload it you're like oh my god that's insane like he just did it but you don't fully appreciate how crazy it you is don't. Because they you don't you totally just upload don't. it and you go wow that's amazing next Bro, it's the um, same thing with a. Do you remember when Exact got his forty combat yeah. inferno and he like? We just see him get the cape, and you know you see a few fails maybe, but it's like, bro, the dude made eleven different accounts, and keep in mind, every single one of those accounts had to go get a super super low level fire cape just to enter the inferno. 
So he's remaking all these accounts, trying to get them all perfectly set up, like, and then don't make a single motherfucking mistake in the entire inferno and beat it like that. We don't see that. We just, and so if he were to have made like an hour long video, even just like a one off video of like, I am trying to do this, see all the fails, the defeats, the everything, and then overcoming the final challenge and finally getting it. That video would have just been incredible. You know, but it's yeah. not just here well, it is. I did it. Well, we kind of saw it, right? I guess when him and Randy were sort of battling over getting the lowest level fire cape until they both got the level three, both of their videos were doing like, well, they were releasing what, like one a week each, and they were both doing like serious numbers because there was a story there because they were kind of battling for it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of potential in really high-end gameplay i just think no one has quite managed to make it work yet um people seem to prefer that sort of the accessibility of the early game it's kind of a it's a tricky thing in runescape youtube and i think it is something that which is why Chunkman and swampletics do so well is that the early game is far more interesting to watch than the late game for some reason it just it just is like it just gets more clicks because i feel like it's more relatable to more people like end game iron man content really just doesn't do that well generally when someone who has been an, a late game iron man like you and me probably find that really interesting Mm-hmm. But for some reason, the, the the populace at large doesn't because, I don't know, they they can't access it or what. Well, it's another thing of like you don't – most high-level Iron Men have, did not start their series on the release of their account. And even if they had, you know, yeah. that series would have been six or seven years old by this point. It's like, okay, what are you doing? You're still making the same thing. Like people yeah, expect changes. That's it, right? Yeah, so I mean, it's it's just tough, and like you said, I mean, it's it's unrelatable. It's still fascinating because, I mean, if if an Iron Man, like, if for example, I were to make videos and they had a narrative to it, and you know, because what's so important, and I've kind of gotten this from settled and just like movies in general, is like the way you make an exciting video is like you got to have the you know the main character go through struggles and overcome those, and so when your whole video is just, oh, I did this, I did this, I did this. It's like, what? what is, like, there's nothing exciting going on. It's just you getting the next thing. So if those high-level Ironmen, you know, including myself, if I were to ever do something like this or anybody, could really understand how to tell a fascinating story with it all and kind of inter- interplay it all and really have a deep vision of what you're going for, you know, it would be a lot more fascinating. And it's so rare to see people in that super super high echelon of gameplay um but yeah. generally speaking those nerds like me and like i even think like novacy just the friend by the way like friend i don't know if you've watched his like leagues video yeah, he's ranked one leagues yeah. Minute, right? yeah and you go onto his youtube channel he makes like iron man progress updates and it's just the most crazy grinds and it's just every clip is just him getting something new it's like dude this took fucking so long and you just make a 10 second clip of you getting it it's like you could have yeah. milked this like to death, basically. Because yeah. I, I was I was in Valiance, right? So I, I know all those guys like Novius oh, nice. and, and stuff like that, um, Novice and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the reason that it 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 
it is hard to do well on YouTube with it and why things like Chunkman and Swamp Island X do well, which is kind of the point that I didn't say before, is because those kinds of series like Chunkman and, and Swamp Letics, you are in the early game for ages. Like you're just doing early game stuff for way longer than you ever would normally. Um, and when you get to, to crazy late game Iron Man, like every single goal you want to do takes hundreds of hours. Yep. And you just can't make a YouTube series out of that because you can't have people waiting that long for like you to go on. Oh, and then I got a shadow. It's like, well, you know, good, good stuff. Yep. Um, and, and that's kind of how it, it felt to me in hindsight after I stopped playing late game Iron Man. I was like, the dopamine rushes I felt, it, it's hard to kind of, say to you and because i feel like you probably won't relate so much because you're still playing the account um but the the dopamine rushes that i got from doing super late game iron man was so sort of hollow i guess in a way <laughs> like because you spent like so i was get, i was trying to get a um a shadow mm-hmm. for ages i was something i was doing eight man 410 invocation um raids yeah and i like i was i was more excited for the gameplay than getting the shadow because i I was absolutely loving like the sweating to try and get mvp against like eight randoms um because like when you get an i mean i don't you don't do like eight man two i do i did i did my one and dipped yeah yeah, yeah, so like, like eight man was one of the things that I was like, I was like fighting for in a community. I was like, I swear to God, if you're trying to get a shadow on an Iron Man, do eight man. You will have more fun. Um, and no one believes me because everyone hates doing team content. Um, <laughs> but it was so fun, like fighting with people to get to get a shadow. And when I was like getting the items, I was like, oh yeah, got got a Missouri, and that took. Mm. 80 hours to get and it was like one item that was like plus three range attack better or whatever um and you 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 i think the thing with it is you're doing the absolute most for the absolute bare minimum increase in in kind of <laughs> reward yep, yep. and that, that's literally which, just the name of the game at that point exactly which is why it is hard to sell on youtube right is because you can't be like I spent three months of my life to get plus six range bonus. Yeah, no, you're you're totally right. I, I think like as I mean, my YouTube game has always just been basically talk. Like that's just what I do. I just make rambles and make save casts, and I've, I've really enjoyed it because that that really is what I want to do. I just want to talk about the game. I feel like it is a niche that was. There, there's still tons of space for that niche to be filled as well. Of like people in the high level talking about stuff and i feel like there is a pretty sizable portion of the community that does enjoy stuff like that because it's very rare like it's rare to be a youtuber and you know be so into the game like to the point where you've you know put in ten thousand plus hours and you're just still super passionate about stuff like that's pretty rare you see a lot of people remaking accounts and just making these quick series and stuff so it's cool that there still are those like options you know you don't have to just be the swampletics or the, yeah. you know, just um but yeah you're totally right it, it is kind of interesting because now you can see it from an outside perspective of like what the higher high iron man level i love going on twitter and you see someone post their iron man bank and they've got like 
60 mil Herblore XP banks or yep. whatever. And yep. you're just like yep. looking at these stacks of ridiculous herbs and you're like, that is mental. Um, but like you could never make a video out of it because like, oh, I mean, I guess someone that does is like Alcan, right? Who has for 10 years just made a living out of being an amazingly good grinder. Yeah, just ass and share. <laughs> ass yeah. and share, dude. That's all it is. Honestly, like that guy's videos are so good, but like uh, they're so few and far in between. Well, um, and he has to play like four accounts at once mm-hmm. doing all pretty much the same thing to kind of keep the videos flowing. No, but you're right. Like an, an Alkin video slaps really hard because you don't see many people that are taking the game that seriously. And you see a bank like that and you're like, holy shit. And I mean, even I get a bit jaded because I, you know, I log in every day and I play on the same account and I just look through my bank and nothing's changed. You know, everything has just slowly built up over time. And then when people, you know, are on my stream, they're like, they're like, Jesus Christ, like, what is your bank? Like, holy (laughs) shit, like all this stuff you have. And I'm like, what? Like, it's just normal, you know, like this is, and, and then I remember like, oh yeah, like, People really do like to see a super, super progressed Iron Man. And I have just become extremely jaded by that fact of like thinking this is normal, thinking it's like, oh, you know, just logging in every day. This is just the account I play. And in a way, I'm kind of blessed to have had that like drive to play one account because in a sense, people, I don't know, like people want to see a super, super, super progressed account. Not everybody. Some people just like the quick series and everything, but I'll... There are, is a sizable portion of the community that just loves to see an account just go the distance, basically. So I have that going for me, and uh, I think it's kind of cool. Like especially like yearly bank videos, I think those are like always yeah, extremely they do really well. So yeah, so. I mean, I mean, the the thing the thing is, I guess, is that actually you're right. Like a, a good amount of the old school RuneScape community want to see those kinds of accounts and those kinds of videos it's the people the people that don't watch those videos and do watch something like settled are actually the people that don't play runescape at all mm-hmm. um there's, there's a not m- a million, you- like who gets a million views on those tileman videos yes. there aren't a million players playing runescape no way there's not even a million bots playing runescape so logic tells you that there has to be a huge community of people that don't even play that watch those videos yeah the ceiling's um, much higher for somebody that's going to make videos like settled that's for sure yeah because you you don't have to play to appreciate why it's interesting or, or fun or whatever i mean i'm sure i'm sure you and i i definitely know i do watch videos for games that i don't play yeah um, yeah and 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 that's kind of the market that he's that he's found and i, I don't think anyone else really has um to to the kind of similar extent i think the pk guys get it a bit like torvester and framed and stuff but i think even that is kind of nostalgia based people that don't play people yeah, that people have that have played. played yeah whereas i think settled is the only creator in the space that has people watch him on you know in the tens of thousands mm-hmm. possibly hundreds of thousands that have never played you're um, right so that's kind of the, the the big growth area for the game and it's just <laughs> who's going to be the next one to 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 grab that market other than him it's a, it's a it's an unteachable skill i guess contrary yep. to what we said earlier in the podcast i always think it's i mean i've actually seen comments from people and i've gotten even like twitter dms of people being like oh like you know i like i don't even play runescape and 
you know, like one message in particular was this guy messaging me saying like, my girlfriend loves your podcast. She's never played RuneScape in her life, but she listens to like your episodes. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how do, how do you listen to this without knowing what RuneScape is? Like, huh? But Can you imagine, we, we must use about 15 keywords per minute that, <laughs> that she must just have no idea what they mean. But there is something kind of fascinating about listening to anybody talking about their passions. It's like, yeah, it's just maybe, maybe she just really likes your voice. I well, that's, I mean, I think I actually have had people say they like my voice. I'm like, I do not understand that. I just cannot. When you are yourself and you listen to your voice and you cringe at every moment of it, there's just no way you can accept that people enjoy the sound of your voice. But yeah, no, it's. I, mean, I, I, I not only now don't watch my own videos. <laughs> I don't even watch my own videos before I upload them. (laughs) Like the bits where I'm like live comming and I know that I've live commed the whole thing and I don't need to cut anything out. I don't even listen to it before hitting up. Oh God. (laughs) Which is probably why there are sometimes mistakes, but um, yeah, it is painful to listen to. I mean, no one thinks they've got a good voice. I bet even like, you know, David Attenborough and Surrey and McKellen listen to their own voice back. Oh God, why do people like that? Yeah, no, there there are definitely people that like their own voice. I promise you, there's people uh, love themselves sometimes. But people that run podcasts and stuff, yeah, yeah, no, no. But it, it's kind of a good thing to not. I don't, there's a good thing about enjoying your voice, and there's a good thing about not enjoying your voice. I think one is like I'm a, a bit more aware, uh, slightly, of how much I'm talking, and I'm I kind of like back off if I'm about to say something stupid or something not very well thought out. I still do it all the time, but. People that really I mean, love their voice it, will go like beyond it, to the point where they're just like annoying because they just love hearing the sound of their voice. Running a podcast is probably actually one of the worst things to actually like the sound of your own voice because <laughs> you won't get the best out of your guests. Whereas yeah, yeah. Kind of the real skill in being a in being a podcaster, I guess, is is having a big stick and being able to poke your guest and get the best out of them. Totally, it's it's a tough thing to do regardless if you like your voice or not because in a live setting like this like i'm literally podcasting right now i'm the host you're the guest and everything is live and so i don't have time to rewatch. me like oh i should have done this differently or i should have you know prodded him on this point or anything it's just everything's live and then after the fact you know then i'll get some comments like oh man like you should have shut up here and you should have it's like yeah i mean in a perfect ideal situation i could have listened to it back and changed it but it's it's all live so yeah it's definitely a definitely a skill for sure it is and i i really try to just enjoy my time because i've realized as soon as i start taking this too seriously to the point where i'm like hyper analyzing everything and trying to make this podcast perfect and trying to you know trying to make it, make improvements every episode i i get in my head about it and then i stop enjoying just having a conversation with somebody so i it's a fine balance as well when i'm doing this weekly i'm I loved making the podcast initially and then you know six months in I started getting stressed out because I realized I had to like start being better I had to start like asking better questions and all these other things and then it was getting in my head of like how how can I improve and then eventually I just made a decision like I need to relax like the reason I enjoy doing this is to talk to somebody meet them learn 
something about them, talk about RuneScape, just have a good time. So that's what I've tried to focus on for the most part. But there's a balance to be had for sure. Oh yeah, if you if you if you're trying too hard, it, it like won't come off well. Exactly. For sure, like you, you, it's definitely best to just if if you're not enjoying what you're doing, like with anything in life, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, you'll do a bad job of it. Completely. Okay, I'm. I want to ask some of these topics on Twitter, staring at me in the face. So uh, let's, let's <laughs> get to some. Um, Kemp Q. He has several questions. His first one is, how many times have you died in Chambers of Zarek? <laughs> um, far too many. I, like, I, I've, I've done an, an abhorrent amount of Chambers of Zarek in my time. I mean, most, most people listening to this probably, um, probably know me as an extreme one-chunk man and, and think of me very much as doing menial stuff like chopping and fletching oak logs and stuff like that. Um, but I've probably done about 3,000 chambers of Zarek overall. Um, so the answer to that is is definitely died a lot. The maddest thing about that is for 2,500 of those, most of which were four or five man, I never saw a twisted bow. Wow. Not, not even didn't get one in my name. Didn't even see one. Oh. So it was like the equivalent of doing like 11,000 solos without getting one. Bruh. Oh my God. You actually imagine. Imagine that was you and you're uh, like on, on an Iron Man. Like, dude, dude that, that is literally like some of the most depressing shit about this game is understanding that that is a, that is a reality to some players. Like, there are literally some players, like it hasn't happened yet maybe because they haven't grinded up to that point yet, but there are some players that are, are going to be that criminally unlucky where they go to Chambers and never get a Tebow. Just- yeah, I mean, you, you'd never know it until it happens, right? Which is kind of how it doesn't seem quite as bad because the only people that ever get them are the people that, that got them. I got them, And yeah. they only ever get them at a reasonable kill count, right? <laughs> it's, only ever people, it's only ever people like Lake or whatever that but, actually goes so hard as to brute force it that you're like, Christ, that could happen to me. I mean, is, what is did like, he do? Something like 4,400 or well, something? He, so did, like? he did about 4,400 for his Elder Ball. So, but he got his Tebow at 3,400. Um, Still, though, I mean, no, I, that, any that normal is, player, that is not happening. Totally. That I mean, even going raid for Tebow for so many players is not feasible. Like, you, you kind of just bank on getting lucky in a sense. But yeah. then you think it is, I mean, I have gone eight, I've gone nine times the, on stream, literally, I went nine times the rate of a Vorkath head once. I streamed every single kill and I went like 470 or 480 dry of a Vorkath head. And yeah, and you just need that to hit you on something that on rate is a long time and yeah. you're done. You're yeah. cooked. I went, I went 11 times rate dry recently on getting a 1 in 25 bronze bar from a skeleton. Mm-hmm. 275 kills to get a 1 in 25. <sighs> and people do that for a twisted bow, which is like a what? A 1 in 1500 solos. Yeah. No, it's. There, it's are, people, there are people there that if they kept doing solos, wouldn't get one for 17,000 raids. No, that shit happens. The same thing. That, that's my deepest fear with Corp. I mean, I have everything, including pet, except for mm-hmm. Ellie. 
And you could you could be that guy that goes twenty eight thousand yeah. kills dry for an early. Dude, I, I remember running like I don't know if you ever used that Discord old school bot where you just like type plus finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to love that. Is that not a thing anymore? No, I think it, it is. I just haven't done it in forever. It was an addiction of mine. I had to stop. <laughs> <laughs> but but I would I would type you know plus finish corp and just see the Casey and I remember and I would just you know have it copied to my clipboard and just keep pasting it. Boom, 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 and. Eventually, I got one where I did not pull an Ellie until 48,000 kills. I'm like... Can you imagine? At 10 kills per hour. I'm like, and then 10 kills an hour is like hyper-efficient with best yeah, gear. Really. And, and that's recent. Yeah. Five. <laughs> I know. I'm like, dude, like this is legitimately 5,000 hours going hard as fuck. Like that. Oh, my God. I mean, have, have have fun with the next four years of your life doing that. I mean, that's just that's nuts, isn't it? I mean, I'm I'm a psychopath as well, where I want to go for all third age or not all third age. I want to go for a complete third age set eventually. I mean, that, yeah, that's I just a very watching videos when you spoke about doing that kind of thing, and I was like, "You're fucking mad." <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, the thing is, is like it it actually in my in my mind it is feasible. It really, I mean. It's even more feasible than I think it is because if I were to really just dedicate myself and do hard clues all day, I mean, you can get, I believe it is like six hard clues done per hour if you're going to hyper sweat. And so, you know, if I were to grind, let's just say even eight hours a day, let's just round it up to 50. If I could get 50 hard clues a day, it would take, you know, about two and a half-ish months to pull a third age piece. And, you know, so you're thinking, okay, like I could probably get five pieces of third age in a year if I were to take this shit really seriously and play full time every single day. And, you know, then you think about it. It's like, okay, I could get 10 pieces of third age in two years. Again, this is uh, assuming psychopathic behavior where you're just it's playing wild though, isn't it? you know when you're saying things like, that, you're like oh i get 10 pieces in two <laughs> firstly you're saying years and then secondly you're talking about playing eight hours a day i know and hyper sweating hyper- 10 pieces that's nuts exactly so but the thing is when you it, it, it's always funny like saying stuff like that like just putting a game into perspective and like talking about it in like the time length of like years and stuff but at the same time runescape is such a unique game and i've already been playing on this account for like six and a half years so it's like i don't know what's what's a few more and to be fair like this is one of my favorite hobbies so it's like dude i'm gonna be i'm gonna be playing this shit when i'm in my 40s probably when i'm in my 50s i mean we probably will i mean the kind of the cultural phenomenon now of like games and the internet is something that sort of never happened before in the world like Mm -hmm. no one played games for this length of time in terms of like playing the same game for a a extended period because in the past like the next game would have just come out and you'd have gone and bought it at the shop and started on that one and got bored of the one you were playing before and it wasn't online and there wasn't unlimited things to do so this kind of phenomenon is quite new so i think you're right i think there's going to be people that will have played the same game for 75 years and then die it's crazy it's also crazy because just like humanity in general, like we don't have to worry about like the typical things our ancestors had to do, like just survival and, yeah. you know, disease and all this other stuff. It was just like inevitable, just, you know, trying to fend yourself off from predators and stuff. It's like literally we're living in just an unprecedented time where like you're just 
we've gotten to the point where our brains are still like hunter gatherers, but we're just we don't have to do it. So we're like, we gotta fucking. You know, that's fill why our there's time. so many fat people, right? Because they're still hard coded <laughs> to just load up on as much stuff as possible as as quickly as they can. Um, yeah, no, that's I, what hunter gatherers had to do, and you know, the society just does not really exist for that anymore. So we're kind of we're squares trying to fit into a circle hole all the time. It's actually fascinating though, that we've adapted as much as we have, in a sense. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense because our lives are, you know, relatively just super short in the grand scheme of things. And we were already born into like this system of society and, you know, having all of this stuff. By the way, just the the fact that society is around and it's actually very like it's held together pretty nicely. It's pretty fascinating when you're just born into this and you realize there's like nobody that lives beyond a hundred years. Like for the most part, there's a few exceptions, but like it's crazy that we've gotten to this point in civilization where there's nobody that's just lived uh, uh, like an unreal amount of time. That's been able to like oversee this entire project. It's like, no, we just continue to somehow maintain this structure of, good civilization and you know a lot of us in at least like first world countries are doing just fine i don't know i just think it's fascinating and like yeah. i don't know great men plant trees whose shade they know they shall never sit in damn that is deep, that is deep. <laughs> <laughs> and here i am just fucking playing runescape like where i should be i should be helping <laughs> yeah where's your tree mate um <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's weird though. So, so I studied um, economic history at university, mm-hmm. um, and like it is fascinating. What, where, how we live now is just so. It's so quantitatively different to the point that it's qualitatively different. Like how different it is. Like for our whole existence, for you know. 20,000 years since the agricultural revolution, like 99% of people were farming and creating food. And in the span of like a hundred years, that's gone from 99% to 1%. Holy um, shit. Which is crazy. It is such a fundamental shift in society that it's, it's kind of incomprehensible. And, and like, you know, the advent of steam um just meant that there was so much more time for everyone to do anything and that's only getting more and more crazy as like sort of as as wars sort of stop with with um information i mean it's 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 it's, it's ironic at the moment for me to say things like wars stop you know with like ukraine and palestine and that kind of thing but in the grand scheme of the world like those are very small wars. So like we, we live in a time of relative peace that allows us to do bullshit, like getting 10 pieces of third age. (laughs) (laughs) I know know. it's actually just so cool. And the other cool thing is just knowing that we have a thing like currency, just money where like you can really hyper focus on any of like a, a passion of yours and convert it to all your necessities that you need just shelter food everything else it's like that that is just such an amazing gift that we have of just being able to do that and it's not like you need to just everyone needs to be a farmer everyone needs to you know know how to build a fucking house and stuff it's like nah you're just 
people specialize and that specialization gets like crazy. Yeah, like for foregoing the barter economy is just insane because it, as you say, like, you know, during feudalism, you would essentially just be there making grain for your lord and he would say, okay, you can have enough to, to live on and I'm going to put the rest into this massive fucking Bruce Wayne style manner uh, <laughs> that you have the privilege of looking at from your tiny hut. Um, and so like, yeah, you're right. You know, getting to that point where you can sell your grain and then, oh my God, I've got, I've got money that I can spend on, you know, fancy clothes. And then, you know, suddenly there's an economy for people to create fancy clothes and this kind of thing. Yep. Um, and one of the most fascinating things about that is we would not have a society in an economy like this had the Black Death never happened. Really? Um, so explain that. Yeah, so, I mean, essentially what happened was it killed like 65% of people in Europe, um, which sounds like a terrible thing, right? Um, <laughs> yes. Obviously, for the people at the time, it definitely was. Um, but what it what it suffice to do though was give people a lot more resource per head so suddenly you know you're you both your parents have died and your sisters died and all your grandparents have died and now you're just you were just a farmhand before but now you've got three houses that you can sell um and and uh you know a, a, a contraption and four different horses that you can also sell as well um, so suddenly you are relatively rich and you therefore have the money to either not work on a farm and pursue a hobby of some kind that you can eventually turn into um, some kind of monetizable income. So, you know, oh, I, you know, I, I quite like faffing around with the uh, with the bits of metal that um, we attach to the back of the horse to act as a plow. Um, so what I might do is try and create a more efficient version of doing that and then you know you had the time to do that because you had relatively a lot of money compared to everyone back then because everyone was just subsistence everyone just had the bare minimum they could to survive the next you know two days all the time and that was just how it was and so he had the time or you would have the time to to to, to faff around with that create a more efficient farming tool and go wow this is amazing i could sell this and then, you know, you start selling that to people. Not only are they then more efficient at farming themselves and therefore they might have the capacity to send their daughter away to learn how to make clothes or whatever. Um, it essentially just created a society where there was just slightly more time to do things that wasn't planting and harvesting. Um, that is and so that interesting. And that just leads us to where we are today, which is quite fascinating, really, because nothing really had the the same the same impact as that ever since. Like you'd think things like computers and the internet had a bigger effect on, you know, the trajectory of the economy than that, but no. That's so crazy. I mean, it's the same, you know, when we're speaking of millions and millions of years ago, just like the dinosaurs being wiped out. It's like we wouldn't have ever been here if it wasn't for that, like mass extinction. And yeah, yeah sometimes it's like horrible, you know, in the moment, these huge waves of death. It's like, no, it brings about new life and new like 
stuff. I don't know. It's it's really crazy. It's, to think think about it. it's like you know, if COVID had had like an eighty percent kill rate or something, like that would have been terrible for us. But I imagine for our ancestors in four hundred years would probably have been a really good thing. They look back on it and they're like, yeah, like that was like the turning point where like we really figured out stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. It's crazy. It, it feels like life and intelligent life like just humans in general like we figure out ways how to survive and how to you know excel expand all this stuff and so like no matter what happens it feels like we will just adapt and just you yeah. know something else will happen i mean e like even if i mean i just imagine even if like all humans were to be wiped out by some like cataclysmic event like you know, some other path of, of evolution will spring up, you know, millions and millions of years down the line where, oh, all of a sudden we have these, like, super fucking, like, dogs that have crazy brains and they're now taking over the world and they figure out how to get, like, absolute, like, galaxy domination and all this stuff. And like, man, if it wasn't for all those, like, humans that finally went extinct and their stupidity, like, we would have never gotten to this point, you know? like I mean, there's, 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 there's two things on that. So I guess... I guess one is one of my biggest pet peeves I see online is people that say things like, oh, the human race is like the worst thing that ever happened to this planet. It would be so much better if we didn't exist. And I always just think, what would be better? Like the, the mountains that there are literally everywhere in the whole universe, like the planet of which there are trillions and trillions and trillions of in the universe, like all that stuff is relatively common. It, unimportant and common yeah whereas us we are what's exceptional uh, exceptional on this planet um so that that's just fascinating but i do think that what is going to long outlive us is going to be um ai and robots um i think that is going to be our mark on the universe i think they are what is going to go and you know explore the stars while we <laughs> rot in the ground here right um because it just makes so much more sense. Like, you know, if you want to send send someone um, to a planet that's 50,000 light years away, you know, what's easier, coming up with some kind of cryogenic stuff or creating a colony ship where, you know, you cycle through a thousand generations on this ship while it gets there, or send a robot that's booted down it just sits there in stasis the whole time, doesn't need air, doesn't need water, doesn't need this, doesn't need that, gets there and just boots up and ready to go. Dude, it's actually crazy to think like how relatively quickly AI is like becoming a thing from basically we just even when you look like 150 years ago, like to think that in the next 150 oh, yes, years man. we're going to be messing around with AI, like you, you would have thought over the last, you know, several billion years of the earth, like something would have happened already with AI, you know, like, some, you know, potentially, <laughs> but no, just it's right fascinating, now. isn't it? it the, the, the progress is so quick now. It does make you think, why didn't it happen before? Exactly. Because like, the, the level of progress we're making now, like what if an alien civilization had made the same leaps we've made exactly the same, mm -hmm. but, uh, say a small figure like a thousand years ago where would they be at now um i mean they they presumably be galactic fairing civilizations right you you'd think based yep. on the level of progress we're at but then you can go even one step further what if they'd done that a million years ago 
Yeah, Why would they be that now? Inconceivable. Um, so it kind of, it's kind of scary because you think, you know, maybe there's some kind of great filter out there stopping stopping that happening. I but, I hear of, like, that idea, like the Fermi paradox and the great filter and all this stuff, and I'm like, I feel like there's something so much bigger just simply being alive i don't know i feel like just the the fact that there is life at all right now basically means there's something like beyond us in a sense i i I know that doesn't make like full-on sense it's just like an intuition i have that like the fact that i can breathe right now and i'm a person that's alive and there's just I don't know. It feels like the fact that I spawned in general means that this spawning process isn't like the end. Like, I don't know what happens, but at the same time, like this, it it just just feels like there's something beyond this. That's so much. It's just way beyond our, our ability to comprehend. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm what I think people would refer to as agnostic, right? Which is Mm -hmm. that, you believe you cannot know and i think logically everyone has to be an agnostic in some way because you you cannot know like who how can we know yep. <laughs> um i saw this uh clip on on tiktok like yesterday which was um which was someone playing i think it's like a matrix game um and i think it's like a vr game but i think essentially you can talk to the characters within the game um like with your voice like you can speak through mic and they can sort of voice recognize or whatever and hear you and respond and it was so fucked this guy was like going oh hi man uh just to let you know this place isn't real this is a game and you're just an npc in this game and he was like what do you mean this city's real i'm real and all this and i was like this is fucked this is crazy because that like, what would you do if some guy just walked up to you in the street and went, oh, yeah, by the way, you are not real. You are in a video game and all this. Like, The thing is, is like, okay, I actually had this thought the other day. This, this, I mean, this all goes back to like simulation theory. Just this whole idea that, you know, it's simulations all the way down and there's there's no real like base reality. In fact, the the idea of base reality in a sense kind of like, it's so mind boggling. I'm like, well, how did that start? You know, how did the... How did, how did the base reality start in, in a sense? But I even think, you know, I'm playing my RuneScape character right now. He's just cooking. What if in like the RuneScape universe, this dude thinks he's doing everything himself? You know, he's deciding to go cook the fish. So, and how do you know that he's not? And, and the craziest thing is he just feels like he's making all the decisions himself because that's all he knows. It's just like, okay, like... Of, of, of course I'm making this decision. Like, this is my own free will to have, you know, progress this account and I'm now going to cook this fish. And I don't know. It's like that whole, like, simulation argument where it's like... He doesn't even think of it as an account. It's just his life. No, it's, yeah. It's just it's like, this is just existence. Like, I'm in the I'm in the land of Gilinor. And who he's knows like, me? Like, if I cut these 25,000 sapphires, I'll be able to... Uh... <laughs> Make myself an amulet of fury. And, and he thinks that he's making all the decisions because it's just happening. It's just like, oh, I'm just doing this. And it's the same thing. Like, I, this is where, I mean, I could talk about like all this stuff, like super deep stuff about I mean, like bear, free will bear and mind determinism. The question that started this was how many times have you died at Chambers of Zero? <laughs> 
But I, I'm very fascinated in this. Sometimes when I think about this stuff, like too late at night, I just get like overwhelmed. I'm like, I need to fucking just sleep. I need to turn my brain I'm off. On, I'm, I'm on Tim's of a Mascot release, I got speaking to a guy about this and I was up till 7 a.m. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to hop off now at like 1 a.m. And I was still talking bullshit at 7 a.m. in the morning. It's just, it's so fascinating to talk about because like there's just no way of knowing in a sense. And I mean, just imagine imagine what your character would feel like in that scenario based on dreams. Right. Because, like, you know, when you're dreaming, you're like, like, you know, this this is real life. This is happening. This feels so real. And then as soon as you wake up, you're like, what the fuck was I thinking? Of course, I wasn't sleeping with Natalie Portman. (laughs) But in the moment, you're there. That's happening. (laughs) I know. And the craziest thing is, is it's all just happening. You it's like there's really no conscious effort it's like just whatever's in uh, you know wherever dreams are formed you know i've i've read up about dreams but i'm not gonna start spewing out some stuff that isn't factual but like however they're formed it's like they just happen you know it's like the experience is just happening without really like a conscious it's it's not like you're controlling it it's kind of out of your control it's just an experience that's happening so when you see real life, I mean, just imagine right now you were to just actually wake up and just be in a bed in a completely different universe and be like, holy shit, like I just dreamed that I was a fucking primate on this floating rock in space and, you know, I it felt like I was there for so long and I was having dreams in that place and all this shit. But now I finally woken up like, okay, like, man, that it's so crazy that I thought that was all real. You know, but it's just there is there is no way to know that your grandson hasn't just handed you a virtual reality headset and gone, oh, check out this meme, granddad. <laughs> dude, dude, uh, have you seen that Rick and Morty thing where like Morty go? He's in like this arcade in the future, and he just like puts on the thing, and he literally lives an entire life, and then him as an old man like falls off a ladder and dies, and then he wakes up and he gets out of the little video game and he's back to reality and he's like what the fuck like he's just freaking out that, but you could actually imagine it though and there's no logical way to to say that's not happening it's so crazy but then you wonder like why would you want to like why wh- how bored must you be like just imagine we are just playing like a video game right now it's like how bored would you have had to have been to played a video game where you're playing a video game in the video game like yeah like you're just that like like why not have been like an emperor in the fucking like aztec era and just like i don't know just some crazy thing not just living yeah but that's the thing is is like is like there's the levels of thinking that you have about it right because because when you're thinking about it just in that specific moment that you just did Mm -hmm. you're thinking it sort of from a human perspective like, what if we're not human at all? Like, it's like when at the moment I'm playing on my uh, one chunk account, right? And I'm cutting out longbows. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's thinking, oh, what, why on earth would I want to, you know, dream that I'm that I'm making oak longbows? Why wouldn't I do something crazy like go and fight Vardorvis or something like that? Which is like within his world, right? That's as conceptually as crazy as he can think. Um Whereas for us, we're like, well, why wouldn't we want to be a king or, or something like that? Because conceptually, that's as crazy as we can go. Whereas, you know, if we're actually a way higher form of life, and this is this is nothing, like 80 years, you know, we live for 5 billion years. Like, you know, this is nothing. This is just like 
I woke up and went on my phone before I had breakfast. Holy <laughs> shit. Dude, yeah, no, I mean, seriously, that makes a lot of sense. When you just think of time and think of these little snapshots, like why not just experience a bunch of random stuff that feels like a long time, but in the grand scheme of things is just a little... Maybe simple. everything makes sense, right? I mean, we, we think of the universe and we go, oh, you know, it doesn't make sense. You know, it, it, you know, it, it seems like it had a beginning, but, you know, what started that beginning... You know, is that, you know, and that's where we have to kind of come up with things like God to sort of fill in those gaps of things that don't make sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and your character within RuneScape would think exactly the same thing. He'd get to the edge of the world and he'd go, what? What the fuck? Why does the world just stop? That doesn't make any sense. Like, why do items just disappear after two minutes? Like, that's just weird. <laughs> why? why like, that doesn't make any sense. So maybe in this in this grander world where we wake up to, everything makes sense. And we're like, well, of course, of course, the universe didn't make sense because it's part of a game and it's just all bullshit and all that stuff didn't matter because, you know, the game is experiencing, you know, the life of an ant (laughs) kind of thing. Do you think it's possible to, in our current form, to even, like, comprehend what that would feel like to just everything make sense? It, it, would that right. is that just like absolutely impossible so, sometimes i think our reality here like on earth is like the beauty of life in a sense is the fact that it's unanswerable like it's just there is no inherent answer it's just like no matter where you search you will always be lost in a sense and it, i feel like that's kind of the beauty of this experience in a sense like there is no objective like path it's just you know pure like pure freedom and it's like most pure form where there's like literally no bounds to anything yeah i mean that i mean that's the thing you can only you can never know i fundamentally believe you can never know anything existential about the universe at all Mm -hmm. um i think even if we had the technology to go out and explore it we could still never know. Well, it would be so boring if it was known. It it would be... every single every single answer would spawn more questions as well, wouldn't it? I mean, that's the thing. Like, people 500 years ago would have looked at the stars and gone, wow, they're amazing. What are they? And that, you know, now we know, but then we're like, oh, so, you know, how do stars form? And, you know, however many, you know, when they created whatever telescope they created, they go, oh, okay, you know, that's how we know stars form. And then you're like, well, how does this form? You know, and it just, there's just another question every single time. So I don't think you can, you can ever know. And as you say, you can just live in your, live in the moment. And that's how you'll find, you'll find joy. Cause you're right. There is ultimate, there is unlimited freedom. There's actually nothing stopping you from doing anything at all. <laughs> I know. I know. You could, you could go out and just you, you you could just go out into the street and start whacking people with a claw hammer if you really wanted to. <laughs> but Dude, you know, you could I'd you could invent. The don't do that, but you could do. I mean, even at a like on a brighter note, is you could invent something <laughs> that nobody has ever thought of. I mean, yeah. you could seriously just create this fucking machine that can. I don't know, create a wormhole and just teleport you. It's like, th- like we don't know the extent of the magic that's in the universe. I mean, just the fact that we have, I, I talk about this I, so many times, I swear. It's like, just we have designed airplanes that are huge metal things that fly people in a controlled manner across the fucking sky. Like, what? 
Like th- that wouldn't have even been a concept to anybody living in like the 15th century. Like, I mean, it's it's, cr- it's crazy. We we went from a guy conceptualizing the idea of flight to landing on the on the moon in like 50 years. Yeah, that is unbelievable. I mean, what we can what we can do is is stunning. It feels like it slowed down recently, but m- maybe that's just. Maybe it's, it's not. Maybe it's just because you're I, I kind of you're experiencing it in real time. Yeah, I think. I mean, so many things. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of things that the public doesn't know about as well, like the technologies we really have. And Do you think? I think that's. I don't. I don't think that at all. I think the government is would is so incompetent that they could not keep secrets like that. Especially well, it's, in it's not really like the government and. Yeah, like, I don't really subscribe to, like, the whole conspiracy stuff of, like, you know, there's, like, a, you know, a small group of control and they keep it. No, 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 no. I I completely see the world as, like, it's very human ran and, you know. But at the same time, I mean, I just see AI and, like, there are probably AI startups and people that truly see where this shit is going and can, like, almost understand that they have this technology to create something like so powerful but it's just not very well known to the public like i guess that's the idea it's not like it's necessarily here already like this crazy technology that we can't even fathom but the concepts are there already and it's like I guess these things exist right because i guess stuff like facebook people go and invest in that when it was really really early because they understood that one day it would dominate the world and i imagine yeah you're probably right there's stuff like that happening in ai probably right now some guy in the basement that's writing the craziest thing that you've ever seen who's desperately trying to get investors to put some money into it and no one's doing it yet yeah but, you i know in five years we'll go oh why didn't i invest in Splunk or whatever <laughs> for real kem second question this is my yeah now let's Maybe we can shorten down the answers a little bit more. Uh, what, what's your favorite aspect of RuneScape? Um, kind of similar to Settled's video, I guess, that we were, that we were discussing. I guess is the sort of sandbox nature of it. You can do pretty much anything that you want at any time, and it's not necessarily a, a waste of your time. The whole game, I guess is a waste of time and therefore within those parameters you can do basically anything which is quite nice there is no story that you need to follow um which i guess is kind of the thing that 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 makes people keep coming back for years and years and years right because it's quite easy to quit a game that you can complete so to speak in um in 20 hours 50 hours whatever um it's less hard to put down if there's always something else and as you said i guess with that with that third age grind that you were talking about like conceptually you could be you could it, it, the collection log is it would take what 40 years on rate <laughs> to finish <laughs> that's, and that's assuming that no items get added one exactly. one more clue scroll expansion where they just come out with you know five new third age pieces completely resets that grind it's like okay go do it again yeah, I I actually think the collection log was kind of a mistake Amen. in relation Amen. to the sandbox idea of the game because I think ultimately it is always going to result in absurd grinds like that being 
brought down well, and down and down over time. And I think actually when you were talking about doing six hard clues per hour, the first thing that came to my head is probably the most efficient way to complete that goal is to log out for the next 25 years and log back in when you can complete 4,000 clue scrolls per hour. Yep. No, I <laughs> I completely agree with you that in a sense it was a mistake to ever have released the collection log. The, the only way it's not a mistake is we have to grapple with this thing that's in the game now, this parasite, basically, which I, maybe that's a little bit too far, but it's the same thing with kind of like a max cape, where you come out with a max cape, super fucking cool, everyone wants it, and then everything becomes easier, and everyone wants it, so you have to, like, make exceptions to things and lower the item rates and stuff, but in my head, I just think collection, the, the idea of a collection log is fine, but really it should be and the team needs to really like hold strong on this point is it is a collection log not a completion log so the idea that we exclude certain things from the collection log first of all is flawed in my opinion and i've kind of come to this opinion in a sense like if we really want a collection log everything should be in there i mean like literally everything that you can obtain should be in there and it should really be seen as a collection lock where you go in you see all the things you've gotten and we are not going to cater to people that are trying to fucking complete it like those sociopaths out there like catering to that is a mistake i we the the best example i can bring up of it being a mistake is just clue scrolls in general we are now gate kept we we cannot add new uniques to clue scrolls where in the past we could freely do that all the time a clue scroll expansion boom here's some really cool cosmetics that we're releasing to elite clues and every other tier of clues we cannot do that now because people will freak the fuck out i mean people yeah, that have said, what, one of the best things they could release in this game that i think would be so popular or at least would have been so popular before the collection log would have been something like grandmaster clue scrolls well the thing is like grandmaster clue scrolls isn't actually necessarily gate kept that's actually something they could add which wouldn't affect negatively the other tiers but my concern is that now we have an absolute hard cap of the things that can be added to the smaller tiers well i guess in a way yeah because they can't just add more like hard clue stuff because then you have wasted your time by getting by doing twenty thousand hard clues already kind of exactly thing. so it's it's kind of like we're we have now gate kept ourselves which don't get me wrong as a player myself it, there is that idea in my head that like yeah that would suck to have green log something and then have more stuff come out but that is in a sense just something that you know that that's my own problem basically like and we have to kind of see that as players is like we have done that to ourselves by assuming this collection log needs to be completed so, so do you think though grandmaster clues or not that they will ever release anything ever again as rare as third age i mean they did with the jar of darkness that shit was pretty rare um before, that's before collection log day. Oh, yeah. And right. then they and then they fucking nerfed it specifically for that reason. Uh it's hard to like so you're saying something that's not from Clue Scrolls or something that's from Clue Well, Scrolls. it could either be Grandmaster Clues or, or any other bullshit that they could oh, yeah. but you know, I mean, something that is like hyper rare, costs five bill, is pretty much useless, but like 
the point of it is that it's insanely rare and you as an individual are very unlikely to ever get it. But, you know, collectively within the game, some will come in and some people will be able to afford it. Well, I want things like that to come into the game. Like if they came out with Grandmaster clothes and there's some new exclusive third age, like third age boots, third age gloves, third age fucking crossbow. That's what I want to see. Third age crossbow. Um, Some things like that, like they could come out with it. And I don't imagine it being more rare than current third age. I can see it being the same. Some people have wanted like dyes from third age or from RS3 to come out and to clue scrolls, like some ornaments and stuff. But again, I can't really see that being more rare than third age. Yeah, I think it's hard. I think the collection log stops you doing any bu- any like crazy bullshit like that, um, which otherwise would be very fun. But I think people would just hate the idea of you adding an extra 20,000 hours to the collection log or whatever. No, it sucks. Yeah, that's what people... And so that's the... And that is my... That is another concern I have with the Completionist Cape. It's... Don't get me wrong. The Completionist Cape looks fucking cool. It looks dope. I want to have one, you know? But we have to see the consequences of that. As soon as you come out with a Completionist Cape everybody's going to start getting pissed off at every new update because any new update that comes out, oh my God, I have to fucking do this to go get my completionist cape. This yeah. is fucking bullshit. And and people are going to start despising updates, just absolutely despising them because they're only doing it for getting their completionist cape back. Yeah, I mean, you see it on a small scale with like forestry, right? Everyone hated that like, pretty much. Well, aside from people who really wanted to get eagle chicken, I guess. But aside oh, from that, oh, like, oh, you're talking about the egg thing. Horrible, yeah. horrible. Yeah. Like no one, no one liked the fact that they felt like they had to go out and do forestry, um, and that would just be turned up to a thousand if there was a completionist cape. Right, I had a completionist cape on um on RS3, mm-hmm. um, and it was exactly that. It was every single new piece of content came out. Everyone had to do it on release. Which was nice, but it was the obligation of having to do it. Yeah, it just it just like, you know, it still is just a mindset. But at the end of the day, it feels like this obligation to do stuff, and it like restricts that freedom. I mean, back in the day when people max and b- before a max cape was even a thing, before skill capes had perks. I mean, truly, people were maxing because they enjoyed that grind. They wanted to max. And yeah. nowadays, I mean, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because you you get it from their perspective as well, which is like you you need to incentivize more people. Like if you want to have a successful game, you need to at some point incentivize more people to spend more time playing it, right? But um, the way, in my opinion, like and again, like it's cool to have things to flex. I think it's a problem when they have perks, like legitimate perks. And and again. If we could stand very, very strong as a team and as a community and realize, okay, before we come out with a completion escape, we have to set some ground rules saying like, okay, like this is, these are the negative effects that are going to come by and we're going to hold, hold true to like a certain thing or like the same thing with the collection log being added. Like we're going to come out with this, but we are going to stay very true to not catering to people that are obsessed with the collection log and thinking that whenever they've green logged something that it has to remain green forever same thing with the max cape like we can come out with a max cape that's fine and have perks but we're not going to shorten these grinds because now people feel this uh, obligation to like have their max cape i feel like the yeah. best way to have gone about it would were would have been to not have perks and 
you know, because one of the things I would like to see is like a 200 mil skill cape for every skill, but don't have it have any fucking perks. It's, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The, the max the max cape itself is the problem. What I actually think is really good is the max cape variants of the other capes. They're excellent. Like more of that. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what the completionist cape should be, right? You should be able to get a completionist variant of the infernal cape that has no other bonuses. And there isn't a completionist cape with some stupid fucking teleports on it, like the max yep. cape, right? Which yep. is ultimately the issue with it. Um I, I would I would love to see a completionist cape in principle it just has to be the right thing and the requirements i think also have to be the right thing one thing i really hated that i'm really convinced they're gonna do um and i'd be quite interested to hear your take on this is i absolutely hate the collection log being involved at all they, they do this thing where it's like oh to get trimmed completionist cape it should be like 80 percent of the collection log or yeah, something so like stupid. that it's so arbitrary. It's so ridiculous. It's yeah. like if you're gonna do the collection log, you do the collection log. Like you know, you have to have everything in the collection mm-hmm. log. That's the requirement, which I also think is stupid, but less conceptually stupid than having to do like seventy five percent of collection log slots, which I think is just terrible. It's like what? What's the law on that? <laughs> now, when I, when I think of a completionist cape, I think all quests, all achievements, all combat tasks and like all music tracks you know just like the very simple basic stuff that's simple like but it's just the basic stuff that you see on like your player tab your your uh summary page and you know like i i like you know that that seems like a little bit of stuff but i actually think that's like fine in a sense to only have yeah I, I think you're right and that's what the original comp cape was pretty much on on runescape was what all the things you described and then it had some other stuff like unlock all spells and stuff yeah, like yeah. that yeah like things like that like the little like you know have unlock you know made made those like braziers from my arms yeah. big, or whatever the fuck that I is. actually think that's 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 not right i think actually what you sort of said is probably the best thing is actually really streamline it and just have it being quest completed achievements completed total level and uh combat tasks as well completed everything on that summary page um and then if you want a trimmed completionist it has to be everything on that page so throw in total xp so you've got to have 4.6 bill xp and you've got to complete the collection log as well and have it as an item that no one ever gets it exists (laughs) in the game no one can ever get it and if they do get it fuck me they deserve it yeah. No, I, I'm actually very scared of, again, including the collection log in any sense, because I, 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 no, 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 no. I, the, the reason the reason is, is because there will be some fucking psychopaths that get so close. And now we're restricting updates because it's like, ah, fuck, like we like we, we can't do this because there's a, a few people that are very, very close. And, you know, that would kind of be like an insult to them. You know, they're like one or two third age pieces away. Yeah. And it's a cultural thing, isn't it? You kind of have is, to get away from that mindset. And we can't to, get away from it. It's, it's the same we thing. We can't get away from it at this moment in time, at least. I think of the Swampletic series where there was no Anvil or something like that in the place. And now because there's that cultural like series of Swampletics going on, now we are absolutely restricted from ever adding an Anvil to 
Mauritania. I was like, oh, we just can't. Yeah. Because... Well, then what was the thing that they added that I was like, that is borderline, I think. <laughs> oh, it was, the, um, it was the small net spawn, wasn't it? Yeah, probably something. It's just they had a small net so that he could do swamp lizards to get ninety nine. Yeah, hunter. and and this and stuff like, is inevitable. Don't get me wrong. And there's there's things where like you know the devaluation of certain grinds because of a stupid limited thing in the game, and now we have that culture of like okay, let's not devalue this by making something that actually makes sense. Yeah, it's yeah. I I I, I do quite like the idea though of and and. This is um, something I'd quite like your opinion on because you are quite opinionated on most very, things about very, the game. Yeah. Is the idea of currently impossible to get items. So stuff to make people go out of their way to do things better or do things longer. For example, um, some kind of trophy or something probably purely cosmetic that is for something like a 30 minute inferno so like right now cannot be done mm-hmm. but you know three years from now maybe just maybe the best of the best of the best could push it and get there and get it um and i quite like that incentive to do it because you know people like uh like like you know people like Jola and stuff like go for the speed run, go for the world record because they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they'd go even harder. I reckon we would have a sub 40 minute Inferno right now. If there was some kind of in-game achievement for having gotten it. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I actually think that would be fine. I don't know. This is just kind of being sprung up on me. So I don't want to like make any no, things that people, people are like, why, why do you think of that? The stupid idea, but no, like just, just with that in mind, it would be cool to have almost like little sashes on your infernal cape, signaling like how fast your infernal cape was done. So yeah, that's cool, actually. It would just be like you know maybe sixty-five minutes, then once for like fifty-five minutes, once for forty-five minutes, and once for like thirty-five minutes, and then just like a little teeny badge or something else on it that's yeah, flex. That'd be cool. But just I guess I guess that's just a specific example. But I guess conceptually, just the idea of. Mm-hmm items that no one has which is kind of what the first which is what the trimmed completionist cape was on runescape 3 originally Uh was it was actually just a list of stuff and no one had it i think there might have been one guy who was very very close and they based the list of things on him but just conceptually the idea of an item that no one has and potentially no one can get at this current iteration of the game well I mean, it would be okay to do that as long as there's a very, very strong stance against making this like some, I mean, like you said, I mean, if there was something like a collection log cape where as soon as you have all the collection logs filled, you get this fucking dope ass cape that nobody will ever have. But again, it's like that culture that's like just creeps up of somebody actually getting very close to it. And then realizing, okay, we can't actually add anything to the collection log. Like, that's very rare because that would be unfair to this person that's very close. It's like that inevitable culture that creeps in, I feel like, is something that I get scared of, of adding something. Where technically it's supposed to be impossible that nobody's supposed to get. But we're going to have this, like, obsession with, no, somebody should get it. Somebody needs to get it. Why did we add it? Somebody needs to get it. Yeah, I I almost think having an in-game item is, does the almost like the opposite thing of that so at the moment people are like oh we don't want to make the collection log even harder 
and this kind of thing because there's people that are actually trying to get it. Um, whereas if in theory we had, oh, there's this item that you get if you complete the collection log and it's going to be totally badass when someone gets it. Um, but, you know, that's... I feel like that could in some ways make it more like we need to honour that item by not making this easier for people. Okay. I can I mean I can see that, but again, like that would have to have been so instead, the so instead of like, oh we know we need to respect Marnie or whoever is really close to, you know, doing yeah. X with the collection log, we need to respect the item and not go out of our way to make it easier for X and Y Z person to do, which I think is easier when it's just a, a green icon on your summary page, right? Mm-hmm. But I, as, as you say, it's, it's a cultural thing and our yeah. attitude towards it. And I, I know what my attitude would be towards it, but it's hard to speak for the population at large, right? Yeah, I guess, I don't know. I, th- I think there's like a mixture of feelings that I get from the collection log. And one, like, like I said earlier, I would love it if the collection log had everything. Like everything you could possibly obtain is in there. Oh, what? Like it has like a bronze full helm in there. Yeah, I mean, I guess it would have to be like uniques, something where, oh, well, you know, anything you can get as a drop, I would say. So, yeah, like the collection log is just this massive, I mean, just huge thing of like every monster that drops anything in a sense. Now, of course, maybe there could be some limitations because there are just absolutely absurdly like small yeah, things. Can you imagine the pain of having to go around the early game like trying to get an Iron Scimitar drop? But but, but that's the exact <laughs> idea. Is like, it, it simply would be a collection log, not a completion. And if you want to go psychopathic route, where it kind of seems inevitable to a lot of people, where it's like, no, this, is, this needs to be completed. Like, I don't know. But I, one of the things that bothers me about the collection log is the not adding things because that doesn't seem fitting of the collection log like stop like just add what's, what's an example of that i can't think of something they haven't added recently like the ornament kits uh at the bh the bounty hunter thing like there's there's none of that like none of the bounty hunter ornaments are in there oh really yeah like, they, they just don't do it because you know then people people are gonna start like you know paying for kills and shit because they're just trying to get it on the collection log which does happen obviously it breaks things like whenever anything like pvp related is added to the collection log people just don't participate in the actual activity they just you know so that that's one of the problems with the collection log in general is like yeah i guess i guess it creates an alternative incentive to what the content is trying to do yeah yeah which makes sense and that's probably you know this this just goes down such a deep hole of like should the collection log have even been added in the first place then and i think no personally but it's it's hard isn't it because because it also that kind of thing that argument that you just said is predicated on the belief that you probably have and i feel like most people probably have that boosting is bad it just ruins a mini game i mean it, it i mean we see like anything because the knee-jerk reaction i think is to say yes yeah it does it does ruin a a mini game but if the mini game was any good it would i feel like it would stand up on its own two feet well that is true except in in uh things that have player versus player if it's player versus monster yes you can actually make it so that just design the fucking mini game better and it'll work itself out but anything where it's player versus player, it cannot work. Like it's actually just fundamentally impossible. You can't force somebody to 
you know, try their hardest to fight the player. You would just get people that are like, just kill me. I just want the items. Yeah, is it kind of, I guess it's, uh, I guess it is a bit like Bounty Hunter, right? And clearly taking out the collection log is one of their yeah, that fixes was, uh, for that. Exactly. Which is, it's they can't design a version of Bounty Hunter that works. <laughs> It's smart that they've done that. And again, I think in a perfect, because this is like one of those things that I will just talk about in circles forever because there's just no, I feel like the only win is really just to remove the collection log and another win in my books. And again, like I'm not, this is not to say like this needs to happen. This is just in my perfect world, my own opinion. I need to like make that very clear to those listening. Like I'm not trying to, the game is really fun as it is right now don't get me wrong i just get hyper analytic about certain things and one of the things like i wish there was no collection log in a sense because it restricts updates and don't get me wrong collection logs fun and all it's cool dopamine but it's just there's a lot of downsides to it the same thing with perks on max capes and perks on even skill capes in my opinion that is just there's a lot of negatives that come from updates like these the same thing i'm scared of with the completionist cape and other things so yeah, the collection is an interesting dynamic because it forces Iron Man type gameplay onto mains, which does generate quite a lot of interesting interactions, particularly around things like mini games and stuff. Yeah, it's it's just it's tough to balance, but at the same time, like we we do have a pretty good balance with the game currently. Like, there's nothing that's too terribly just game breaking or game ruining in any sense. The collection log's fine. Um, it's just when I start really, really hyper analyzing and start getting like, I don't know, hyper focused on like the negatives that could come from certain things. You kind of so, have to though, and and realistically, there should be people at Jagex that full time job is to do that, right? Because it it can spiral quite quickly, like things like uh, the evolution of combat mm-hmm. in RuneScape Three. Fundamentally. A good idea. Like when you look at it purely logically from a gameplay perspective, RuneScape 3 is a better game than old school is. Like if you had to take a, you know, a thousand random people off the street and go and show them gameplay and go, which of these games looks better? Mm-hmm. Like all of them would say RuneScape 3, right? Um, but what was missed in the equation, I guess, when they decided to do that the first time was what is actually important to the people that play RuneScape. Why do they play it? And it's not because it's the technically the best game in the world. It's because of the charm of the old combat system, uh, the nostalgia they felt towards that sort of point-and-click style of gameplay, um, which is the kind of thing they can quite easily fuck up now. I could see it being quite easy for them to say something along the lines of, Oh, it makes no sense that it's 99 smithing to make a room plate body. Uh, we should, you know, we should try and rescale smithing in such a way as that that's a level 40 thing to do. And then we've got all this scope to go out and do more smithing updates, um, which absolutely makes sense. Um on the surface, but when you really think about it and you think about what's important to people that play this game, you know, nostalgia is so, so, so high on that list. And the fact that they could go out and make a room plate body as like a low level account would be 
so warping to what makes the game good as to make the game worse despite making it better <laughs> if yeah. that makes sense yeah. so no, thinking no. deeply about the game is important it's an impossible task too like they i mean just every single update that comes out there is just this insurmountable task of thought that goes behind it because there are micro groups in this fucking video game that you know you you touch one thing and it spirals and it's like you can't you can't touch this because this community will get affected you can't do this because this community will get affected don't do this because culturally like just don't fucking touch that and every single update needs to be micro you know just examined basically to see every single thing that will snowball because of a one little update it, it's just nuts the shit that Jagex has to deal with. I mean, they yeah. they have to walk a fucking tightrope every single update because we are basing the entire game on nostalgia as well as just people's play styles and everything. There's so much that they have to look at. Yeah, like I've I've been quite into Yu-Gi-Oh since I was a kid, mm-hmm. and it's very similar to that in that like there's ten thousand cards that all do different things. And they all have different interactions with each other. And it's it would be quite easy to release a new card that just broke the game because it interacted with this card, this card, and this card. Mm-hmm. And it meant that every single time you just pulled out your hand and you won the game straight away. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of similar to that, I guess. And it seems like a, a bad thing that they have to think like that and they have to try and avoid doing X, Y, and Z because it will hurt A, B, and C. But... I think it's actually quite a good thing that they have that culture towards the game because from a studio perspective, it's hard, isn't it? Because you have to release updates to keep your subscriber count high because we saw from the start of Old School, right, that just doing no updates will just kill the game sooner or later. Um, But then also, if you do too many updates you're going to get yourself in a in a terrible spiral where you're changing things people don't want to see changed and, and they quit because of that. So it's yep. it's definitely a tightrope act that I do not envy having to try and walk. Yeah, no, yeah. it's I, I, I do think they're doing a great job with it, though, and it is something essential they need to look at. It. I mean, just one example was I was talking about the Chambers of Zarek update that came out. And I remember, you know, I have a little bit of OCD when it comes to stackable items that only stack to a certain point. I always think it's really weird. I don't think it's very old school. Yeah, like but, the kindling, right? Yeah, so like, so I brought up the uh, thing about the kindling only stacking up to 28. It's like, oh, well, why not just load it up even more? And then I got a DM from Mod Goblin after the ramble. And he was like, hey, like I've watched your ramble and this was... One of the reasons why it caps is because low-level, you know, accounts can kind of abuse the ice room where, you know, they can get early-level, like, crazy amounts of XP, and we didn't want to affect that. And that's something that just flew past my head when I was first reading it because I'm not I'm not thinking of every single play style that goes. I'm just thinking of, you know, people that solo at a super high level and do CMs. And, like, there's so many things they have to keep in mind when they're making little updates like this. Like... There yeah. are things that affect early game, and they have to be very like wary of that. So it's, it's the accumulation as well, is because you, you've got to, with that specific example, yeah, it's quite easy to just say, "Oh, well, who cares?" It's only fire making from level like one to forty. Like, who who actually cares? Mm-hmm. But 
But if they is. do, if they say that with absolutely everything that's low level, you know, within three years, you're just going to have a totally warped experience of what being a low level player on this game is. And it already is to an extent. I mean, you can see with things like the Osiris guide and stuff like that, that it's very different to what it would have been in 2013. But I think they do a decent job of keeping it at a level that works for most people. I mean, the very fact that this game has a higher player count now than it did eight years ago is kind of testament to the fact that they do a decent job overall. Yeah, uh, it's it's a tough line to kind of walk it's a it's a small tightrope to walk for sure um okay let's go to his third question (laughs) question three oh god uh what was your motivation to become a maxed zerker um well i guess i kind of touched on it already was uh one man army series i just i watched that i thought being a zerker looked really really cool I still think it's a very cool account build. I think it's probably cooler now than it was when I was one. Um, because things like Inquisitor are just, you know, that's just very cool. Considering, you know, when I was doing it, the best in slot would have been a fire torso and rune plate legs. Um, having having that kind of diversity in, in low level gear is cool. I like the fact that they kind of cater to it quite often with things like Missouri and Inquisitor itself mm-hmm. um, having sort of a low-level variant. I, I like the idea that they pander to an extent to these sort of glass cannon builds. Um, and I think glass cannon just as an as a concept is quite popular in gaming, right? Yep, I like it too. Generally. I like they cater to it. Yeah, so like, how, like, and I always just thought the Zerk was the best was the most fun of the low level builds i always thought like pures didn't really have enough going on um there wasn't enough sort of quests that you could do there wasn't enough variety in gear it was quite painful pvming in particular with one defense in a way that 45 defense wasn't that bad um i used to do like a lot of chambers of zerk as a zerk a lot of like cerberus as a zerk um and that was all like just really, really nice. What's kind of stopped me though is it. I kind of got quite into like speed running and that kind of thing. Um, and speed running on a limited account build is just painful because you're always calculating to how good you would be <laughs> as a main, which is is the kind of thing where you go, oh well, why on earth don't I just become a main then? And then eventually yeah. I did. Yeah, that's the other thing. I, I remember, uh, you know, Tails, the Iron Man that used to be, a, I think it was a Zerk, actually, or something, some, yeah. something like that. I can't remember his exact, like, style of play, but he just was, yeah, you know, he had, like, two bill XP on his Iron Man, just wasn't maxed. And it's just, like, when you start analyzing how inefficient you have to make certain things because of the lack of max cape or the lack of certain quests... Yeah, it's like I was using a twisted bow with like eagle eye, and you just every yeah. single time you hit, you're like, I'm losing seven max hits doing oh this. Oh my like, god, yeah, you just you have to really just... dedicate yourself to it. You have to be like, no, 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 don't, don't change, don't change. But yeah, and and one of the problems is like 
you know, maybe in the current era, it makes sense. But then, you know, five years down the line and you have these crazy upgrades that you almost have to affect your build slightly, you know, even when things get different level requirements, like the rapier shoots up some level requirements, some other things do. It's like, God damn it. Like I have to, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? All these PVM Zerkas and stuff now all have like 90 attack, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because they have to use a scythe, um, which, which is hard. Right. And, and, it, it it's just far easier on your mental well-being to just be a main um so i can see i, I mean hardly anyone stays a limited account build now do they i can't it's think tough. of any particularly it's, it's very rare yeah i can't think of any particularly high level players that are still the account build they were you know five years ago um, and I also think it's a really slippery slope. Like, if ever you see, like, a one defense pure who's been a one defense pure, like, they've got 99 in all stats, and they go, oh, you know, I actually really like the idea of using Inquisitor, so I'm going to become a 30 defense build. As soon as you take that first step, like, you're done. You're going to be 99 defense within the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's tough nowadays. I'm, I'm happy with uh, how I play. Like, just one account, everything's open to me. And Am I right in thinking you have never played another account, or I've played? Or did you have a main before? Uh, so I had a main in tw- when I first started. I played a main in 2015. That's when I first started, and you know, just kind of playing very newbie. I used to camp a lot of wyverns just for fun. Like that was my money making method: just camp wyverns, ranging them. And then I even made an alt uh, that I still have that kind of like holds money on occasionally. And that account was a pure that I made, and I wanted that to be another Wyvern alt so I could play with two. And that, that and initially, I actually got to 72 Slayer with one prayer. It was just ranged. And I, so I was sitting there at Wyverns, you know, just fucking one prayer at 72. And I was like kind of balling out because you could just safe spot him. But I eventually buried like two Wyvern bones. <laughs> to do for i was like fuck because i was just idiotic with burying them because i'd do it on my main custom left click was not a thing yet i'm guessing yeah, uh yeah like there was no like i i there was no plugins really i, I think i was even playing like base vanilla like Ugh. runescape I don't, I don't know what i was doing but yeah um so that was my first kind of accounts and i even like afk 99 woodcutting on there and then my hardcore iron man my first hardcore iron man who actually got permanently banned for four years and then got randomly unbanned and uh was it that, a legitimate ban what was it a legitimate ban yeah yeah, yeah. i auto clicked alex for six uh hours straight nice yeah and then got banned several days later and i was like oh shit permed for that and i had a friend i've told this story many times but like i had a friend that was like, yeah, man, like just auto click out. This is me in college when I didn't take the game super seriously. He's like, dude, like I've, I've auto clicked Alex and 99 magic on like four different accounts. You're totally good, man. You never get caught. And I was like, oh shit. Okay. I'll just do that. Fucking do it one time. Just get permed. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I, I fundamentally believe there is basically no one that plays this game that has not botted, auto clicked, real world traded to some capacity. If if you've played this game since childhood, yeah, it's very, very rare for nobody to have, like, you know, tested that line. Um, yeah, I, I mean, have I done... I th- yeah, I think I think I think I've done all of those things at some point or the other. Not for a long, long, long time, but yeah, like you know, when you spend fifteen years doing something, like yeah, and, and someone goes, ah, yeah. oh, 
you know, you could like sell your GP and get like a hundred dollars and you're like 15 years old, like fucking hell. Yeah. A hundred dollars. <laughs> no, like you, you do like, it, it makes sense. Everyone, you know, like is, was a child at some point or, you know, just wanted to figure things out. But it's like, as soon as you get that punishment for me, at least like as soon as I got perm banned, like, and I made a new account like three weeks later, I was like, I made a vow to myself. I'm like, this fucking sucked so bad to lose this many hours on an account that I just had to make a promise to myself. I was like, I'm never going to like test that line when it comes to cheating and it's just not fucking worth it. So yeah. yeah but, I, I wanted 87 magic once and as you say, got bad, bad. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things. And the, I mean, I don't know, but I don't blame people. And I also don't think people can't change. Like there's this like idea that goes around like, Oh, like once you've cheated, you're always a cheater. Like, no, that's fucking bullshit. People, if you get banned, a lot of people will have a complete like change of heart and be like, okay, I'm not going to fucking do that again. Like that was idiotic of me. It oh yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like any of these things, right? If you get people that get like told off by the police, like for most people that is enough to shit them up and exactly. not do anything else. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. How did your first ever PK session in PVP worlds go? <laughs> uh, so I had an idea which was just terrible. Probably like six years ago, I was like, oh, I know I'd make a really good video series. Watching someone go from having never PK'd before to being really good. And even now, conceptually, that sounds decent, but no one wants to see someone PK who can't PK. <laughs> like, they just don't. And, it's, 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 and it, I was like, people will love that. Oh, no one's ever done this before. I'm, I'm a genius. Um, and then when I watched the video back, I was like, oh, okay, there's obviously a reason no one does this because it's painful. Um, and, but in my first PK session ever, I somehow managed to smite a guy for an Armadil Godsword. Wow. <laughs> and, I, and I was and like, Armadil Godsword was like worth money at the time. Um, and I was terrible. I had like a, I had like a whip and a DDS and I was like, I had no idea how I even killed him. Like I was like doing like a, you know, a seven tick switch into a DDS spec kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I managed to smite a guy for an Armadil Godsword. So that's, that's a kind of an inside joke there because I'm pretty sure that's from Kemp and I'm pretty sure he knows that's what happened. <laughs> that's funny. Um, have you ever been lured slash scammed? Oh, too many times. Too many times. Not for... Not for a decent amount of time, I don't think, but I, so when I was, I got, I got scammed or slapped, <laughs> there's at least three stories of this. So one, uh, I got hacked by my real life friend that I only found out about about six years after the event. <laughs> I was like, I like nearly punched him six years after the event because of the trauma that held in my heart for that long. Holy. I must have been about nine years old right um and it was like we we just all started playing runescape together um and i had somehow got myself a set of full adamant armor i'd like trained to 30 defense on like alcarid warriors i then somehow managed to convince someone to trade me full addy uh for their rune kite shield and i got the rune kite shield and i was like fuck me i am balling and I, and I managed to sell that 
What the fuck was that? Oh, Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> Sorry, I think uh, I'm, I'm in a studio outside in my shed. Uh, something just fell over in the shed and made like an <laughs> ungodly ghost. loud noise. It's a ghost, dude. <laughs> that was terrifying. <laughs> That's never happened before, ever. Um, okay, uh, where was I? Yeah, so I, I had 113k and I logged in one evening and I had 13k in my invent. Oh, my 100k was gone. No. And I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck is that? I went ballistic. I was like nine. I was like crying at my computer, screaming. Like, oh my God, it was awful. That was just, that was the worst. But, you know, you're eight, so you get over it. But yeah, he told me when I was like 14, I was like, fuck you, you wanker. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> which, yeah, is, but... which is bad. And then the... I got, I got another one where I I got um backward password scammed again oh, when I was no. like you know oh, no. I got like a um I, I I'd somehow managed to merch myself I used to just do terrible merching um so I somehow managed to merch myself up to a Guthix plate body which at the time was four hundred and fifty k and I saw someone post like at the trading place near the Varrett Bank they went something like. If you type your password backward, it comes up as stars, star, 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 star. And I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And so <laughs> I obviously I obviously typed in, uh, what would it have been? For Erif Regat. What is that in? normal it was fire tiger four type that in backwards and of course it doesn't come up in stars um and i start panicking and then immediately get logged out and (laughs) that's me done bye bye gothic's plate body that was bad um that was probably the least traumatic of of them and then one that was atrocious was i was probably about 14 and you know like when you're 14, you've got this real sort of false arrogance about you yeah. where you think you are the smartest person in the world. Yep. And that was me. And I'd, I'd spent a long, 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 long time selling floors, dungeoneering. Do you know what I mean by that? No, I never I never played then at that time. Yeah. So what, what, what it basically involves is just um, like you and a partner – do a dungeon like a, a corrupted gauntlet or whatever uh, for three other people so it's a five-man team two people sell the floor the other guys pay like three mil each and then you run through and you make like four and a half mil for doing the floor for people right mm. um and i did that until i got a red party hat um which at the time was like 1.4 bill Holy so shit that kind of dates that i mean now what's a red party hat probably like 30 40 bill or something um maybe more um and i i just got scammed for it and i got scammed for it by a guy that was like oh drop the party hat and then trade me and i'll give you x amount of money or whatever it was um and i was like oh yeah this will be fine i'll just hit accept and then not click the teleport item that he's giving me because i'm not an idiot um so i did that I drop the party hat, I get in the trade screen, he sees that I've got 28 free invent slots, so I've clearly not got the hat on me, and then just exits out the trade, and all I can see is like a thousand clockwork cats spawning underneath me, 
And for some reason, they so they're left. So I couldn't left click the party hat on the floor because there was cat spawning, and they were taking the left click. And then when you right clicked on the stack to like bring up the menu, the clockwork cats kind of like were force closing that menu straight away. Oh, the panic! Holy shit! I can't. Oh only imagine. my god! You can't even imagine, right? So it's just, <laughs> it's just. Sitting there on the floor, I uh, can't grab it, and then this guy just like runs in and tell and tele grabs it like a minute later, and I was just like, "Oh my oh fucking my god. god, what have I just done?" Like, and and it was it was worse because I'd spent like so long like saving up for it, dude. I'm just like I can feel I can like feel this the just the heart dropping, just like the the deep swallows you know what i'm talking about where you're just swallowing that fucking like painful feeling just oh my god the panic uh, yeah. the sweating awful. <laughs> the closest i've had to it in terms of in-game stuff was recently when i lost my crossbow on my extreme one chunk account oh what happened i just got i was uh i again i mean it's clearly a theme with me got a bit uh got a bit arrogant and was just doing sculled revenants with a crossbow on mobile with 44 Ooh, yeah and i was like watching a video i just i just got like some like max uh med or something got on me and was just like absolutely working me and just like smited me yeah that's that's unfortunate damn doing that on mobile fuck yeah, it was. I was like lying in bed watching a video on my phone, sculled revenants with a crossbow. What was I doing? Honestly, I look back on it now and I'm like, "You are a bozo." Yeah. Um, and now I'm now I'm like fifteen thousand revenants dry of getting another weapon since then. Yeah. Oh my god, that that party hat the story just makes me sick. I mean, it, there's oh, yeah, something. It was, it was sickening. You're totally right, though. There's like that kind of um, complex in your brain where you just think you're you think that you are the one that's anti scamming. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna show these guys. Like these guys are fucking idiots. They don't know what they're doing. I'm gonna win this, you know, whatever money or whatever. And I mean, I even remember seeing like old videos of people showing these lures. One in particular was you know where you get the boots of lightness. Yeah, and like there's like this little bridge that you can cross or some shit, and you fall into the lava. I I can't I don't even know that place very well, but I remember certain videos where like people would drop shit, and like they couldn't go reget it. Basically, they'd keep slipping or something like that, and it's just people fall for it all the time. And even the I think one of the scams that makes me I think is some Twitch streamer fell for this one on stream where like. Like, hey, give me your twisted bow or something. Like, okay, like, okay, wait, wait, uh, just meet me over here. My main's on this other location. So then he like puts up a telly tab and then you click accept while your Tebow's still fucking up there. And you just click accept and then all of a sudden you have a telly tab and your Tebow's already been traded over. And then, so the guy. Oh, no, it's just the worst. Like, when you get scammed, it's honestly bad because you're just like, how? I, I bet it's even worse in real life. I've never been scammed in real life. For, oh, like, dude, real it, just imagine fucking live streaming it. Just how fucking stupid yeah. you had to feel. But so, like, it's, it's bad with a twisted bow. But can you imagine, like, you lost, like, $10,000 $10, or whatever to a scam in real oh life. And there's God. nothing you can do. Like, you just die. You'd just be like, oh, my God. It's a good thing that RuneScape does exist. Because, I mean, at a very early age, I was able to very easily detect who scammers are. It's just the, yeah. the 
persona they put on, what things that seem too good to be true. I mean, I learned lessons. I got scammed a lot of times. Well, not a lot of times, but several times. And you just get to did the point. Have, did you ever have any as bad as that red party hat one? No, my, my worst was just, you know, me having, I think I had like 100K, a muddy key, and a fucking spinach roll, which, you know, at the time, like those items were fucking useless, but everyone's a child, so you can just claim it's any price you want. So, you know, spinach roll was like worth 100K or 200K, and muddy key was worth, you know, how much. So in my head, I'm thinking I have like fucking half a mil. And, you know, it's like 2004, 2005 era. And some guy's like, hey, trust party, trust party, come follow me, whatever. We go up to the fucking Varrock Castle. Like, uh, imagine fucking following somebody that's saying trust game or trust party. Like, you're fucking idiotic. But you're so bored. You're like, what the fuck was I doing? Yeah, I mean, you're just so bored that like, oh, there's people doing something. Let's go and follow them, you know? Like, I'm free to follow. And they're treating you all nice and stuff. You go up to the Varrock Castle top floor and then they're like, hey, like... The, you know, and this guy's wearing some hella nice stuff, and he's just like, "Hey, like I like I'm just a very generous player, and I'm a fucking nine year old that's just like, oh wow, there's generous people, like this is so cool." And he's like, "I'm gonna give you, you know, like five mil if you just just trust me with your item because you know there's just there's so many people that just don't trust people nowadays, right? Am I right? I'm like, yeah, man, like I, I'm very trustworthy, and so you know, I I put my trust in this guy, I fucking. Gave him 100K and then, you know, he didn't trade anything. He's like, you know what? Like, I bet you're really trusted. I bet you'll put up the other two items and I'll trade it all back and I'll give you five mil for how much you trusted. And so I give him everything. And then he doesn't even log out. He's just ignoring me. So he ignores me for like five just minutes. Walks away. Just, just walks away. I mean, he, he had like three of his friends up there. And it's like, I'm pretty sure I was the only one that actually got scammed. I'm pretty sure everyone else was just a part of it and oh yeah yeah, for sure i mean the craziest thing about those early scams as well is that there's fake videos on youtube of people like showing you what the scam is but it's not the real scam so you like think you know what's happening yeah because that's kind of what happened with my red party one i was like oh yeah i know what's happening he's gonna trade me this teleport i'm then gonna click teleport absentmindedly and forget to pick up my party hat and he's gonna grab it so like I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Oh, that's definitely what's going to happen. And then it didn't. Yeah, you like, have oh. it, what, what happens, and this is just me based off of videos and other people I've talked to, like friends that have, you know, been through it. But 
yeah, there'll be some guy that like scouts you out. And he's like, hey, add me, man. Like these guys, these guys are trying to scam you. But listen, watch this fucking video. And this is how you anti-scam them. It's just, it's, it's, everything is so fucking set up. And you think you're like a genius for being like, yeah, like I just met some random guy that randomly starts DMing me and just fucking like telling me all about it. Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. So, and I will say as well, like being an Iron Man, you completely eliminate yourself from the pool of getting scammed. But even on top of that, but I'm just old enough to understand this is a fucking video game and it's RuneScape and people love scamming people. So anytime where somebody randomly shows up at the Grand Exchange and you're wearing something wealthy and somebody's like, hey, like, what's up, man? Uh, add me, by the way. Like, no, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I'm not like this is so clearly a scam. So I think it just takes yeah. a few times and then you understand that. People are, yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, though, the worst I've ever felt on this game was when I got hacked on my Iron Man, like, relatively recently. Like, that oh, was no. crazy. What I happened? didn't even know it was possible to feel like that over a video game. It was nuts. How did you get hacked? Um, no idea. Still don't know. Genuinely. Oh, okay. I um, thought you I, th- I thought you were going to, like, say, like, you knew how it all happened. No, so I was... I, so well, it must have been nine months ago, something like that, probably. Um, yeah, I was just doing uh, doing Tombs of a Mascot on the Iron Man. Um, totally like so, you know, max total level, full Torva, Twisted Bow, Scythe, um, oh, full Missouri, like everything. The only thing I basically needed for full max was a shadow. Um, and then I like said pot to the team. We all potted. It got instantly logged out. I was like, okay. Um, but that happens sometimes. Um, if the servers go or your internet goes or something like that. Tried to log back in. Wasn't happening. Um, and then, yeah, it kind of just slowly started to dawn on me that I was um, that I was in the midst of getting hacked. Uh, obviously start doing all the usual things like messaging jmarts and whatever like going lock my account blah blah blah. um but by that point it's it's already over isn't it like five minutes after it's happened it's 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 done um yeah got got cleaned out in about 25 minutes um got back into the account 25 minutes later and just everything gone um everything in your inventory like did you still have your some of your banks so your bank was fine because they needed a pin no, they got the pin. No idea. So, 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 really? I went through all this with people from 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 Jagus, right? I said to Ash, I was like, I, I had like dialogue with Ash about it. I was like, can you kind of see what happened? Your side. He was like, yeah. They tried like four or five pins, and then like the fifth one worked. Um, what the? Fuck? And I, I have no idea. So, so like, it's it's funny because when you get hacked, right, and when or when other people get hacked, you assume it's their fault in some way, you know. Oh, they went on this website. Oh, they they typed this in. Oh, they went yeah. on a rat stream. They got fished. Whatever, right? You always assume that. It, they always say they did, and you always assume they did. That's kind of how it is. Um, but when it happens to you, suddenly you're like, "Fuck, this is like actually legit." Like you can just kind of get hacked from nowhere. Um, and I still, I mean, I don't, I don't really care now because ultimately, it happening really sort of hit home to me how bad my runescape addiction was the the fact that i could be that like i was genuinely upset like i was like crying as like a 27 year old man over a video game right i mean um, i i don't even think that's 
unreasonable. <laughs> I, oh, no, oh, yeah, I, maybe sure. I'm like, as nerdy it, as you, but like, holy it, shit, it, that's. It's in that moment that you realize that you're like, fuck, this like matters to me, like an ungodly amount. You're like, you know, know, like really, really like visceral reaction. Um, And it was just, it was just terrible. And you're like, you're like crying. You're like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me, blah, blah, blah. Like kind of in the days after I was like, my RuneScape addiction is off the fucking charts um, to, 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 to feel like that. I mean, and rightly so, feeling like that because you've spent thousands and thousands of hours doing it. But I tell you what, you don't appreciate and you won't appreciate the things in your bank and how long they took you to get until you don't have them anymore. Because, and, and the most, the worst thing about this hack, right, was it happened two days before I got the invite to the Jagex account beta. Oh. So two days later, it wouldn't have happened because um, all the login information would have changed. But everyone everyone on Twitter, right, is essentially, whether they say it or not, thinking, oh, he's just got a rat on his PC and that's how they got his bank pin. Um, and I was like, I categorically don't. I'd like, I'd like a professional, like, take my PC apart and, like, you know, metaphorically to see if there was anything there and there wasn't. Um, it was like a dead email address. So it wasn't like an email address that I used for like shopping or work or whatever. It was just only for Inkscape and that was it. Um, the bank pin wasn't like a birth date or anything like that. It was just totally random numbers. Um, so like Fuck. I still can't conceivably see how it happened other than uh some kind of employee at Jagex or some kind of code within Runelight. I genuinely can't see how it, how it how it could have happened aside from that. Um, which is which is kind of scary because it made me think. I was like, if there was a motivated employee at Jagex that just wanted a bit of extra side income, you could so easily get like ten thousand dollars on the side and no one would notice. Everyone would just assume that the that six people that got hacked that month weren't paying attention to their account security or whatever like that um i'm not saying that is what happened but it could have happened yeah no yeah no when you when you have no idea you have to think of what happened and the thing is it did happen like that's what jed was doing yeah he was hacking people and taking their money like the, the fact it did happen says that it you know was to stop it happening again so yeah absolutely crazy um but it was it was quite good for me, I think, in 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 hindsight now looking back, because even though I probably play more RuneScape now than I did then, uh, you know, like doing the YouTube series and that kind of thing, I play in a very mentally different way. Um, yeah. like so there's no like deep attachment, really. Yeah, like, like you know, I, I love playing this way because um, it's so arbitrary to the point that no one would be interested in hacking me because I don't have an 8-bill bank on an Iron Man kind of thing. Yeah. Um, like, it's, it, it, I think about the game way, way differently. I'm not so attached to the account and the progress anymore because i was just like looking at things in my bank like you know an eladenis ward with a arcane sigil attached right yep. i was like looking at how would i get that back from scratch <laughs> and you're like fucking hell like even that tiny item that i barely used and like would take me months 
to get back probably from scratch yeah. and i was just yeah. like and everyone was like oh well you've got a jagex account now like you don't need to de-iron you could just you know you can rebuild, rebuild like oh my god i was god. like fuck that there is no chance i'm doing that like because yeah. because the items you have are so intrinsically linked to your account progress yep that suddenly when you have the progress but not the items the items seem so much more daunting to get oh totally i mean i mean dude like i've spent almost 20,000 hours on this account if everything were to be just gone like it would literally take me at least 10,000 hours to get everything back like at least it's just just, you have so much fucking shit to go through just getting the getting the supplies to grind these items like it's just i mean that's the thing as well it's it's because it's because you you're looking at your bank and like they not only take your pvm uniques like they take your stack of seven thousand ranar weeds as well yep and so you're looking at it like fuck now i've got to get all that shit back time to do farming contracts to get fucking seeds yeah honestly right and like and people are like oh you know it's fine now you can just go to gauntlet and get yourself a bow and like you're pretty much set for pvm and it's like kind of but also like can you actually imagine going from like max to using a random bofa and then can you imagine even worse going like 900 dry getting an enhanced weapon seed in the mental headspace you are just after you've been hacked bro i I, so i was out in the wilderness this is like two or three years ago but i was accidentally on a high risk world out in the wilderness and now this is about two years ago and um i just opened the lever because i was gonna do a clue scroll and so i'm risking my internal glory my claws, my, you know, blowpipe with all my dragon darts in it and shit. And just like, I would have lost all that shit had I not escaped barely by with like fucking 16 HP left. Really? Because I, oh I was yelling God. at my stream. I'm like, God, like, I need help, world, blah, blah, blah. No, so I had like no, three no, fucking no, naked I'll people. I bet you'd look back at the cliff and be like, that's so embarrassing. That gave me the ick. <laughs> no, no, dude. Like I actually had, like it's a highlight on my stream. Like you can watch the whole thing. It's like a three minute highlight of just me oh. out there yelling for my i'm gonna have to watch that at some it's, point. it's amazing because because so somehow i actually fucking escaped due to these legends that came out because i was teleblocked i couldn't fucking leave i just was sitting out there waiting to die and they had like three people three or four people out there just waiting like it's all single so you know people would have to pj me but i did some great fucking footwork got some good movement got a gap and then logged out and i couldn't believe that i escaped but oh even thinking of having to re-grind an eternal glory and fucking claws gave me such, like, bad anxiety of just, like, thinking I have to fucking do this again. And that's, like, yeah. so, so little compared to grinding a Tebow and full Masoli. Yeah, that, that, was, that was the item that I was like, I can't rationalize myself the time investment it's going to take to get a Twisted Bow back. Yeah, stupid, stupid. Okay. <laughs> Question number five. It's only been two hours. All right. What goal are you most excited to achieve on your chunk account? Oh, gotta be gotta be Revenant Green Log at this point. It's too too painful being here for this long. Like I'm twenty three thousand revenants in, and I've got a crossbow in the log, which I no longer have, and nothing else. <laughs> Fun stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. Not, not I mean, good. I'm I'm kind of glad I got this chunk as one of my rolled ones because 
it is very good for the account in the long run, just having some good weapons, which not many chunk accounts actually have. Um, so it will set me up quite nicely. I'm really hoping I get the Barrows chunk soon, um, because doing that with a, a Thamaron Scepter would just be chef's kiss. Um, but yeah, just getting the Revenant Green Log has it, to be done. It, it just sucks so bad that you lost that crossbow, because, I mean, grinding revs isn't so bad when you have a crossbow, but as soon as you don't have that, you're back to just... I know, it, it's hard though because I actually did the maths and doing revenants with a craws unsculled is actually similar to what I'm doing at the moment, which is a maple short bow sculled. Mm. Um, so it's not too bad in terms of time loss, um, but it depends whether the audience is going to make me get the craws bow back or if having had it and equipped it is enough. Yeah, it just. Pray you the first weapon you get is a crossbow again. That'd be just convenient. Yeah, exactly, because the last one, it's like that's when it becomes yeah. a debate. <laughs> um, I really want a Vigorous Chainmace, though, so I don't know how caught up you are in my series, but one of the grinds I have to do is get 89 agility for the Revenant Cave shortcut. Yeah, I saw the um, Werewolf Agility video. Yeah, and so it's on the it's on the Werewolf Agility course, so like, how, getting the 80 strength from getting the Vigorous Chainmace would just be so nice to do the well of course without ever failing yep yeah that that call i've actually never ever done werewolf agility not even once it's such surprisingly good xp i was like sorry this is like 69k xp per hour if you 80 agility and 80 strength that's like really good yeah particularly pre-sepulchre as well no that's like better than uh brimhaven if you're not gonna do the little pressure pads over and over so yeah. yeah that's that's pretty insane yeah before sepulcher that was the meta yeah it's, or one it's, of the it's, metas. it's bizarre yeah i mean you it's, it's weird that it's, it's got terrible pr is how i'd refer to it and rooftop courses have incredible pr like everyone does rooftops for no real good reason well it's nowadays. just the marks of grace like you actually get profit from it's like the one version yeah. besides Sepulchre. Some, I mean, so many people are so intimidated by Sepulchre that they just don't even try it. Yeah, it's, it's something I've never really done. Um, I tried it briefly on my Iron Man and was like, and gave up after like ten minutes. Like as yeah. as you can imagine, um, it's that kind of content where you either stay long enough to master it and you're like, this is brilliant, or you quit immediately. Yeah, yeah, entirely. And I fell into the quit immediately camp because I was already ninety nine agility. <laughs> It's just like you go into it. Like I see it now and I'm like, dude, like everyone should do this. This is so much fun. But it's the same. Like I remember learning Sepulchre. It was a bitch. You don't have any pattern recognition yet. Like everything is just like, wait, am I going to get flamed here? I have no fucking clue. I don't know when the where the flame statues are. Then as soon as you start, you know, you do 100 completions. You're like, oh, okay. Like I actually fully understand these patterns. I understand where to stand. I understand the tick timing. Like... It all becomes a breeze, and then it becomes addicting. Yeah, it's like, it's like solo solo chambers, isn't it? Like, totally. it looks so easy when people that know what they're doing are doing it, and so that you go in on your first time going, "Oh, this is going to be fine," and then like you go into like your first arm solo, and you get absolutely fucking ransacked. Yeah. Like, and- you, can, you cannot appreciate how tricky it is from watching people that can do it do it. 
Yeah, and and the thing is with most PVM, the mo most high level activities in RuneScape require anticipation. So you need to know, you need to anticipate things that are happening. Four to one ohm is the exact like, it's the perfect example of anticipation. You literally need to like know what you're doing before you do it in a sense. This is like four to zero is a great example. Like you, you just have, you can't be looking at stuff. You can't be like waiting for your guy to do something. You have to know what is exactly going to be happening and switching gear beforehand. And as soon as you get all that clicking for you, it's just, it becomes super, super fun. It's the oh, same yeah, thing with definitely RuneScape at its best. Like that sort of yep. intuitive pattern based clicking. That's just like, Oh, when you get it right it's just it just goes off like when you do a perfect ohm and you you went in with like two bro do doses of brew oh yeah and you just smash it and Ball. get the time and you did like it did the whole raid in like 16 minutes you're like fuck yeah <laughs> it's an amazing feeling have you ever uh, flicked any god wars like any, any melee flicking yeah i used to do quite a bit of um bandos flicking back in the day with like scythe and stuff so not that back in the day but um a while ago but yeah i used to do some of that and it it does feel nice yeah, like, like the that... first time you really get the step unders correct mm -hmm. it's a very nice feeling yeah and that that is pure anticipation like you you can't go in there and start looking for the cues i mean yeah i mean i guess you look for the cues but you can't look for them when they're happening you have to know the cycle you have to know ex you have to anticipate all this stuff beforehand that's I wonder if RuneScape's actually going to be changing in that regard. Like, you know how they are coming out? I don't know if you've killed Awaken Leviathan, or just not even Awaken, but Leviathan in general. But No, I, I assume I stopped playing the real game about nine months ago. Yeah, that's what I thought. I just need to make sure. But yeah, like Leviathan shoots out green, red, and blue balls, and... Yeah. But you're not anticipating them. Like they sh they've shot out, and you still have time to pray against them. But in most old school PVM, when the boss fires the shot, like you had to have already been praying it, or else you're getting fucked. So yeah, it's a hard balance, isn't it? Because they did the same thing with the Versic yep. attacks, didn't they? They they made them unanticipated. Well, like you could react to them basically, yeah. but which is if it feels better than just random but it's definitely less good than predicting well it's which yeah it's hard because they they don't know how to consistently make good content is essentially the issue they don't know how to make chambers of zarek they don't know how to make arm too they can't do it they they it was an accident the first time a happy little accident but they definitely didn't mean for it to be like that um I don't think they can do that again deliberately, which is kind of the ultimate problem with they don't know how to make their best content. <laughs> I actually think they, I think the formula is there. I don't think it's an impossible task. I just think in their eyes, they see Ulm as probably, I mean, we, if, if you've done solo Ulm and you realize how much of a fun time it is, then you can appreciate it. But vast, vast majority of players are never going to want to learn how to solo ulm. They're just... So, you know, like, I feel like part of it is they don't even feel the desire to recreate ulm because, in a sense, mm -hmm. only a very small portion of the community even actually admires it. I guess, but 
with things like um I, sh- I, I I haven't done it in a long time so I can't really speak with authority but I swear a lot of Tombs of a Mask is reaction based as well instead of having some kind of pattern recognition to it well yeah I I think TOA in general is very like it, it's very sort of like a cookie cutter it's just like everything is just planned out like everything has a purpose everything Ulm was just okay this thing's gonna start firing shots at you every four ticks or whatever you know whatever the pattern is and you know, you just find out a way to dodge it. But with like Baba and stuff, like there's like the room goes a certain way. There's thresholds and stuff. I, I like I don't know. Like I guess there's similarities, but it's more well, it's like the over engineering of it, isn't it? That's the issue. Is that they actually now think about it too much, and therefore there's only one way to do it, which is the way they designed to do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Chambers of Zara, they just kind of as you say, made some stats and said, fucking go for it, have fun with that. And then we, the players, managed to find a better, more fun way of doing it. Yeah, no, I mean... Which can't be done with Tombs of a Masket because there's only one way to do it. Yeah, I mean, there... I I can't... I I don't want to, like, discredit TOA too much. Like, there are some things that they've done well like Akka is really cool like Akka was very like planned out like this is how you kill Akka you go and switch styles and kill it and then they came out with you know yeah. the butterfly method and it's like oh this is fucking cool this is unique Baba you yeah. know has the red x as well so there's like there's ways to avoid it and they were really good at a good at not entirely removing those yeah no you are right I guess the Akka stuff is very I guess akin to Ulm it's it's actually the wardens that feels the most prescriptive in that way. You're right, it does. Which is which is kind of tough. And I I liked uh, on week of release when you could one down the core with like a big team and a load of DDSs. That was really cool. I felt they should have left that in, um, but they got rid of that, which was lame. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the happy accidents which are the best gameplay, and I can't really think of how they can make content in a way that leaves adequate scope for accidents deliberately. <laughs> I think it's I think it's all about just having a boss that is very very rhythmic and has very set patterns that aren't too like restrictive. So I think of like Zarpus. I think Zarpus is actually another good example of a boss that this boss is just going to turn every four ticks to another player, shoot some acid, and then it's going to have another phase where it just turns its head. And even though the boss is very, very simple, you've now created this fun dynamic where, you know, you can kind of like during the middle phase of it, you know, plan this five tick little pattern of running. And so you're, you know, avoiding aciding the wrong spots and like it's really cool how they've kind of how teams have kind of managed that um acid walk in a sense like the acid run and they they didn't have to make anything terribly restrictive with zarpus it's a very simple room but at the end of the day a lot of people really enjoy that zarpus mid phase because it's all the kind of footwork and it's the timing and it's just getting yeah i think what they need to focus on is like making it a predictable in terms of timing and then b that you can actually skip attacks in some form you can make it so that it doesn't 
um, attack you, even if they don't understand a way to make it so that it consistently doesn't attack you. Um, people will normally find a way to do it. Yeah, getting being able to skip phases, being able to like I love. Uh, I don't know if you have you done Muspa. I can't remember if that was before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah I've done Muspa. It's like Muspa. I I wish Muspa's smite phase was more consistent. Like I wish you could actually get that a little bit more often because like skipping phases feels hella nice. Skipping yeah. certain mechanics feels good if you play perfectly. Um, I, one of the things that really irritates me is when, is when they come out with content and they force you. They they create nulled um, damage and they create like this idea like no you are forced to do this. Zolcano bothers me to no end because it's just no matter how much dps you can do with your tefra you are forced to do three phases as soon as you get that threshold it fucking caps you no more damage you have to do these three phases and it's like oh my god like it's just like irritates me to no end because you've now just very you've restricted the meta for this mini game like you can't just go in there with a bunch of people and just one down it every time and have a fucking like nice mass time it's like nah everything's everything's very restrictive and formulaic like no this is how it goes every single time so i feel like yeah adding it's freedom like, it, is important it, it's, it would just be good to make every because because with Ulm, they made it so that if you moved out of the way it skipped an attack they didn't. They knew that it could do that, and you could do that, but they didn't understand how to make it so it was always skipping attacks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which was the happy accident. But yeah, I think they just need to basically make it so you can skip attacks in in theory with all bosses, and then let the players figure out how to make that as good as possible. Yeah, it's very it's very tough. Though, Nick, I guess if yeah. all bosses were the same, then suddenly it'd feel crap again. <laughs> No, it's it's just about like I don't know. It's it's really tough because I'm not like a game dev, obviously, but I know when things are done right. Like there's a feeling you get from it where there's so much freedom in the room to do stuff, and you kind of just figure it out. And uh, the boss is extremely punishing, but there's ways to manipulate the boss. I was saying that on a, like a different cast. Like the most the thing that's so addicting about Ulm is you make Ulm your bitch. Like, you literally are in full control of it. Like, it is just lost, and you are just navigating flawlessly with your attacks, with your timing, with your gears, which is everything. And it's just, Ulm is looking like a fucking, like, lost lizard, basically. This has no control. It's just moving its head over and over, getting hella frustrated, I imagine. That is so fun. That makes you feel like you're a badass motherfucker when you're like making a monster your bitch. So yeah, I, re- I remember like years and years ago when I first saw people doing like four to one properly, mm-hmm. like you know using a tentacle whip to do it. But um, when they were doing it like a uh, Stay West and Latias and people like that, I was like mesmerized by Gamers. just uh, yeah, just stunning gameplay at that early stage as well when it wasn't really prevalent i just remember being blown away by it dude somebody actually commented on one of my videos lately uh suggesting awakened god wars dungeon or you know uh a a harder difficulty of traditional god wars dungeon not next but the other four 
And yeah. one of my thoughts, you just let me know what you think, because you do have experience with flicking. One of the depressing things, and it's not like the end of the world by any means, like the game progresses and metas change and, you know, we have range bandos and range zammy and you just walk to these certain tiles, blah, blah, blah. There's really no effort. Um, I really, it, like if they were to come out with a very simple design for a new kind of awakened God Wars dungeon, I think what would be so cool is to raise the HP of everything and make it so that like the defense like like their range defense and their magic defense is like super high so you you have to melee uh the awakened variants in a sense so like you go in there and the fight is much longer so you're forced to learn how to flick and you're forced to learn how to do walk unders and you're forced to learn like the the nice timing of finishing off those three minions because there's something extremely satisfying about traditional bandos flicking and zami flicking. So if they were to come out with like an awakened kind of version of that, where everything just has higher uh, damage output and higher uh, HP, I think like being able to bring that back and have it feel good, have it not feel like you're just trolling, doing flicking just for nostalgia's sake would be really cool. I don't know. If yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I do like the idea of of making <laughs> making God Wars great again, um, because it is some of the best content they've released in terms of accidental fun ways and how to do it. Um, you are right though. I think I think the range, as much as we were just praising movement being so good as a mechanic, I think it did ruin God Wars in a way. Um, who's the guy that does it? G Challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the guy that comes over there. Yeah, like I mean, it's amazing. Like you know, massive props to him. Like that's so cool. But it it did sort of take away the soul of what Bandos was, being able to just run around the room ranging it. Well, um, it, and and like it would be different. Like for example, if if because there's nothing like app like inherently wrong with you know switching to the range meta and having to. Be very yeah. tick perfect on these stepping tiles. The problem is, is like you just fucking murder the boss so insanely fast, and you're taking no damage from the actual boss itself. So you just pray mage the whole time, and you're good to go. And then you just you know pray mage and kill the minions. But if the minions were super powerful, and now you have to click on the tiles, but also switch your prayers on you know in a five tick pattern, three different minions attacking you consistently, like that would add an element where like okay, this has actually gotten a lot more intense. And yeah, I mean, that that's the thing, isn't it? I think it depends what they're trying to do with it. Like, is it is it going to be a boss where you need to get items from it? Is it going to be just cosmetics? Is it going to be just a challenge? I think all of those make it so that you require different things. I think if it's just a challenge, I would have it so that like the the minions hit you really hard, but they're not even off ticked by default. So you have to like step under them and off tick them yourself and stuff like this. Um, whereas if it was like a grindable thing to try and get some kind of item, uh, you'd probably have them off ticked <laughs> um, by standard. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think God Wars is good content and they should invest more time into it. They do have like awakened or hard mode versions of uh, God Wars bosses on RS3, I believe. Oh, really? So, oh, really? Yeah, so it's not entirely original, but people uh, runescape seems to be one of the few um games that doesn't just constantly reissue versions of its most popular content 
Um, the closest they've got to it is doing like raids one, two, and three, and kind of probably going to continue that pattern. Um, but other games would be like releasing, you know, Grador Unlimited and all this like every other year. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't really play any other games, <laughs> so I'm like lost in the patterns that other games take. It's interesting. Yeah, no, I don't really play any other games either, but I certainly watch a lot of videos about other games. I see. I don't have enough time to play other games. <laughs> That's me, man. Well, I also just don't, I, I lose interest very quickly when games have a very limited scope. Like, okay, just play 50 hours and you're done. You beat the game. It's just, there's just something I like, I need. I need that constant slow dopamine drip just endlessly. Yeah, like my, my wife plays a lot of like uh like Hogwarts Legacy and things like that. Mm. Um and I just I just couldn't and she's like, Oh, why don't you do one? I'm like, No. <laughs> I know, I'll watch then, you play. <laughs> and then and then I wonder like why don't people get into runes why don't normies get into runescape? Why don't they like it? And it's like, no, they just just they're playing the game for fun. They're not playing it as a fucking lifestyle. I'm that. I'm I'm the one that has to take everything to the extreme. Just yeah, they're they're fucking weird. Why would you want to fly around a magical castle and cast spells and you know fight trolls and stuff when you could just be fletching you know, dude, five thousand you longbows over the next six fuck, hours. Yes, fuck yeah. Or clicking on obstacles for three hundred hours, getting into my veins. <laughs> No, yeah, there's, there's something post just, 99 skilling yeah dude post 99 skilling hits hard it's hits different now it really doesn't actually hit as hard as uh grinding to 99 i'm i'll be the first to admit i actually that's part of the reason it's kind of a selfish desire but it's it's also one of those reasons why i would like to have just a purely cosmetic 200 mil capes just for like those lunatics like myself that would find a little bit of enjoyment pushing for 200 mils just knowing like there is at least some sort of cosmetic of you know achieving that and who knows yeah it's just one of those things again for like the psychopaths out there i mean i i i don't think it's even possible for me to ever get 200 mil all but i would even be okay with there being a 200 mil all max cape you know something like that signifies that you've achieved 200 yeah. million all i like i like the idea of it but again it sort of ties back to what we said to the collection log and that if there's anything there it will be made easier over time thing is like i think it's you're right about that because there is a small portion that plays in that but if there's no perks whatsoever it isn't quite as big of a deal it's the same thing with like cm capes and the toa capes like nobody actually cares that much it's just a signal of like okay you did this that's cool but there's no perk they they are quite good to be fair they haven't for a long time and the only one i can think of that they have done off the top of my head um increased the xp per hour of at the top end other than slayer which is just kind of incremental and happens with when they're releasing bosses but the only like actual method they've released that's like a best in slot training method that i can think of is with agility with sepulchre they seem very very shit scared to release best in slot uh xp methods imagine right now there was a new form of tick manipulation that you know came or just some new pattern of rocks that came out that now shoots mining up to like 200k xp an hour because that's literally what happened with 3-Tick 4G. 3-Tick 4G was not a thing. 
And then all of a sudden it would just came out and it was the most dominant XP per hour method by far and nothing got nerfed from it. Well, was this your video? I might have been. What didn't they accidentally release one tick skilling temporarily and then get rid of it? Um, it was two tick skilling. Oh, was it? What yeah. was it again? It was something from some quest or something, wasn't it? Uh, well, okay. The, there might have been a, a, a separate instance of one tick skilling no. briefly, but the, there was a two tick skilling for about a week where you could use like an air staff and just auto cast against any NPC and then click the resource and just continue to go back and forth and two tick anything. Okay. Yeah, I feel like they're quite. They seem happy with the game as it is from a skilling capacity. They seem very resistant to new methods and new metas, which is a good thing in some ways, but is kind of interesting in others. That, again, compared to other games, in particular RS3, like, we will never get a better XP per hour like fishing method than we have now, at least deliberately. Yeah. Uh, it's it's possible. My thoughts on skilling, especially XP rates, is like there really is no need to increase XP rates per hour, in my personal opinion. It's really just about offering new alternatives, like just different things different methods that are engaging and fun and rewarding. I feel like the worst way to go about like skilling updates is just to increase the XP per hour just so people can get it done faster. I think it's like such a boring backwards way of looking at skilling. It's like yeah. for sure. Now old school is a weird game in that regard though. Cause like in RS3 they just like release a new hunter creature that you'd hunt and it'd just be 50k XP per hour better than whatever there was before. It's nuts. That's so stupid. And they just don't do that in in this game for some reason, which is a good thing, but it's also quite odd. I'm so happy they don't do it, because can you just imagine, like, how, like, if, if they were to continually do that, like, every single update, like, how fucking, just how many things would be devalued, like, runecrafting is now, f like, 400k XP an hour, just, just keep shooting it up. So, basically, yeah, guaranteed, just log out for the next five years, and you'll just be better off. Genuinely. I mean, there is an element of that anyway. So imagine if they were less, if they were yeah. more or less fair with it. Yeah. No, but again, it's okay to have slight in XP increases over time. I don't think that's the end of the world, but... Um, okay, here's a question. What yeah. year do you think they're going to release stackable clues? I hope never, personally, but I, I could see it coming out. Uh, I was actually just talking about this in my latest video. Just... I'm okay with being able to hold more clues. Just don't make them stackable. Just make it so you can hold more than one elite at a time, more than one heart at a time. But because then it actually offers more diversity in the way you solve the clue scroll. Imagine you have four hard clues in your inventory and you're going to solve all four at once. You get, you know, an agility pyramid step. You're like, fuck, God damn it. So you just hold that one. You solve the other three. And then, oh, look, another one of those clues also is agility pyramid. Now let's go solve it. And it's like you can find ways to be a little bit more efficient I even brought up the example of like an Iron Man going to the ham hideout, thieving, you know, seven or eight easy clothes and then doing them all at once at, at like, but th there's like a natural limit with, with actual stackable clues. 
things stay boring because you can only solve one at a time and you're just forced to do that you know next step and it's also just this arbitrary thing where like it's it's also like a slippery slope where like how much rv is going to stack to is it going to get to the point where clues aren't even a distraction and diversion anymore there are they're already not with mains because of fucking implings which i hate but yeah well that's the thing isn't it clues goes already are stackable (laughs) I know it's it's really bad. I think that was absolutely like the worst update. In regards to clues, that was by far the worst update ever. Is it should have only been from like implings you catch with your hands, like as in that don't go into a jar. I mean, they could have also just made it so okay, implings are now untradeable. So you know you can do as many implings as you want. You can stack them up as much as you want, but like you can't you can't just go buy them. I just think the biggest mistake was. Yeah, just having them a tradable thing. You were literally just buying clue scrolls because you can spam them open like so yeah. quickly. I mean, I mean, I hate clues. Like, I just don't like the DND. I love clues. I yeah, love that's it. the thing. Some people love it. I just hate it. Um, so I would be absolutely for stackable clues from like a selfish perspective because I would do clues if I could stack up five hundred hard clues make sure I had all the items for it, get the perfect setup, and then just go out and knock them all out. That, that would be good to me. Uh, but doing them as they are is just... I've, like my, my Iron Man probably had like four hard clues done on it. Yeah, we have main man mode. This is, again, my opinion, because I don't want to see clue scrolls be completely ruined across the board. They've already been ruined with mains because, yes, mains literally just buy them and they do exactly what you just said, stack up 500 and just go do them all at once. And I would just hate to absolutely... I would ha- just hate to see that with Iron Man mode. I really hope they stray away. Jmods have made it pretty clear that they don't have any plans of making stackable clues, which is nice. I think they're trying to keep it just toward leagues. But again, I would not be against them just allowing you to hold multiple clues that are not stackable. I actually really like that idea because I like the idea. Oh, I thought of it when you were talking about it the idea of doing multiple steps at once and the sort of theory crafting that that would involve. Because yeah. I bet that would change the setups for clues and how you thought about doing them quite a lot. It totally changes things. Yeah, you're totally right. Like they're there would be natural limits that are set in place because you, you can't do 28 fucking clues at once. Like you can't do probably 12. There's too, too limited of inventory space. You need a you need a setup. So the setups change, the metas change, the way you solve them changes. If you get one step, then you know there's going to be a meta of like, okay, don't do that step yet until you get another one that's kind of close nearby. And yeah. it also allows you to like raid with people and get an additional elite clue. You don't have to abandon your team every time to go do an elite. You can, I think yeah. there would be an amazing concept for speed running clues if that was the way clues were, because there would be so many variables and so many ways you could improve how you did it. Because you're right, you go, oh, don't do that kind of clue because that's in the middle of nowhere. Wait until you've got, um, you know, uh, three steps there to bother going. Uh, you know oh if you get this step make sure you also go and do that step as well mm-hmm. and also the clue meta how it is at the minute like you've got like 26 teleports in your invent or whatever right um whereas if you had stackable not stackable clues you know as many clues as you like how many teleports is the meta yep no it's really it it would totally change things and it would just be it'd be very exciting because 
And again, like if you're doing a Slayer task and you just you just got a clue scroll, oh my God, I got to go D-gear, go do it. No, you can just do the full task and now boom, you have five hard clues from your Hellhound task. Okay, like this is going to be a doozy. Like this is going to be a, a legitimate like adventure to go do these five fucking clues, but this is going to be fun. And the other thing is like I am currently abusing the uh, dropping master clue tech where like you drop uh, your perfect three-step clues you don't you just ignore doing like dragon's eye and um the ring of visibility step in that place and like you could just ignore a bunch of steps because you just do the drop mechanic where every time you get another triple that's a's you just pick up the other clue and go do it with this new um you know clue where you just actually have multiple master clues in your inventory that eliminates that which is you know in a way, it's kind of eliminating a fun tech, but at the same time, it's adding new diversity and kind of, you know. It's also like a bullshit tech as opposed to good tech. <laughs> I mean, I actually really like the drop clue stuff. Well, mainly because it's I. It's cheesy though, isn't it? It's like it would be much nicer yes. to just do seven clues and up and up until they were all Dragon's Eye and yeah. then go and, go and knock them all out in one go. That would be. <laughs> I will say though, like one of the most obnoxious things about clue scrolls is overly tedious steps that just take minutes. I think Dragon's Eye, like, yes, they've made slight adjustments to that step, barely. But seriously, like, you should, at like a super high agility level, there should be some fucking shortcut that you don't have to go through the stupid, like, mining three rocks, going through the fucking Batcave, whatever the hell going on. Like, ways to speed up clues. And I was even thinking, imagine one of the clue rewards itself is a Dragon's Eye scroll. So, you know how they have, like, all these yeah, scrolls see. you get? Like, just, that would be super expensive, you know? You get a Dragon's Eye scroll? Holy shit. Like, okay, this thing is worth, like, yeah. 120K. They, yeah, they would be at least 100K for sure. It would just, like, that would be cool to actually, like, do clues and get things that speed up your clues. I was even, this is my own personal take. People can disagree with me. But you know how there's a strange old lockpick that can solve the Barrow's doors for you? Yeah. I was thinking, what if it was a strange old puzzle solver? So, whenever you get a slide puzzle, yeah, okay, I've done, like, fucking 30,000 slide puzzles in my life. I, 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 like, it's just we have a solver you just fucking spam click you just mean rune light, i was gonna say <laughs> yeah i know like we we already have rune light and it's completely approved it's just like we just spam a bunch of shit for a few seconds like what if we could have a buyable item that comes from clue scrolls which is a strange old puzzle solver so you have it in your inventory you get a puzzle box you use it on the puzzle box you're instantly moving on there is literally nothing amazing about solving a puzzle box for the 10,000th time like it really it just kind of gets a little bit old and we're already having it solved for us in the first place so that would be something cool it'd be something you know another reward that's on there that you can just speed up your clues slightly that's not taken away any if if the rune light solver itself was not a thing which i would strongly advise not doing not going down that route but if it wasn't a thing then you would be taking something away but it's already been taken away i would i i, I do like the idea of uh, giving to noobs uh, to take away from endgame players in that regard as well. Because say you were a main and not an Iron Man, you would absolutely be using abusing those. Whereas some noob that just did a, his first hard clue and got like six puzzle solvers from it would sell them for a lot of money to yep. you. Yep. So you both get what you want out of it. 
Yeah, no, that's I just think that would be like really cool, really handy. I also want a goddamn tool belt already. I'm sorry, I want that. Yeah, I'd, one of the best things about RuneScape 3 when I was playing it was the tool belt and the coin pouch. It was just nice having money on you all the time and having tools on you all the time. Yeah, like There's nothing more frustrating than when you leg it to a like a say like you go to like the you know a faraway herb patch and you get there and you've not got your spade and you're like fuck you. Yep. Yeah, I hate that. A um, tool belt would, would be really nice. Yeah, tool belt, coin patch, bring them both. That'd be fine by me. Also, why the hell I have a gilded spade? Why the hell doesn't it have a dig option? Oh, that, yeah, that's stupid. That should obviously have a dig option. Like, what is going on? Like, really? You didn't like think to do that? Very odd. Also, like, I saw Jagex. Ash, why do I call him Jagex Ash? Mod Ash. Um, <laughs> so, so, that, that's how chronically Twitter online I am. Um, he said uh, that, like, oh, it's because the spade's coded to do so much stuff. Um, oh. Which is why, but I was like, why can't you just copy and paste that list and attach it to a gilded spade as well? Yeah, interesting. Maybe it's, maybe it's messier than that, but apparently it's because the spade does so much, which I can kind of see because you do use it for loads of, like, weird quest interactions and mm -hmm. stuff. Um, but I don't think it'd be that tricky. Yeah, I mean, even if you were to just... Yeah, no, you're right. That one. Yeah, I don't feel like it would be that tricky, but who the fuck knows what they're doing with that spaghetti code? Does it have a dig option on it? At yeah. All? No, okay, no, 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 it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't have oh, okay. a gilded one. Because I was expecting it to have like a dig option. You click it and it says something like, this this spade is too soft to dig. Oh, yeah, no, it doesn't even have the option. Whatever. It's just a weapon. Yeah, they, they should at least add something like that. Okay, let's see. Um... What do you feel like has been your biggest accomplishment in game, and also biggest accomplishment IRL? Uh, so, biggest in-game achievement, I would say, is actually uh, being uh, rank one Vorkath on Hardcore Iron Man Ooh. for uh, actually quite a long time as well. I was the first person to get a thousand kill count uh, on a Hardcore Iron Man at Vorkath, um, so that was pretty cool. Um, at the point, it was nice when I died on Hardcore Man. The Twitter, like the page that announces the deaths, uh, just like the top one was rank one, which was pretty cool. Um, and I was also like front page Theater of Blood and front page Corp and stuff at the time, which was pretty nice. Um, but yeah, a thousand Vorkath kill count on Hardcore Man was good, and I did most of it with melee and like Wooks walking and stuff. I didn't do it like a wuss <laughs> which kind of is a source of like internal pride i guess it didn't really matter on the high scores but knowing that i did it like efficiently um was nice um yeah. and then have, i mean vorkath like it really is if you dc you're fucked and if you look away you're fucked so like you just you just have to pay attention but yeah, doing but a thousand I, kills I, without I walking, is... though, with a lance was like that was pretty cool yeah, because that that can kill you just from like a two tick mistake or whatever. Yep, yep. He's got a so that was that was pretty baller of me. I remember recording that and uploading that on Twitter. <laughs> that came out loads of likes. <laughs> oh god. Um. Yeah, I don't know how people get like Grandmaster. Uh, what's it called? Zuckhelm and stuff on that. That is mind boggling. That's just beyond the pale. Like that's I'm not that gamer. The, I the, had a, I had a Master Helm and then I put off getting the Grandmaster one until I had a shadow and then obviously got hacked before I got mm. the shadow. 
I will say like the most unbelievable feat that has not happened yet would be a group hardcore Ironman getting a Zuck helmet. Mm. Because everything's dangerous. Six Jads is dangerous. Inferno's dangerous. Well, I guess yeah, Inferno's six Jads being dangerous is fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah, like um, yeah. Chambers is dangerous. Like every single thing is dangerous. Wait, isn't... Oh yeah, six Jads isn't dangerous for normal hardcore. That's so strange. I feel like that should have been dangerous. Interesting. But I there's like hardly there's none of those instant things out. The fact Chambers isn't is fucking crazy. Like that obviously yeah. should be. Um but yeah, I like the idea of someone doing a group Iron Man hardcore. Yeah. No, that, that, that would be nuts. That would be That's the kind of thing that someone like Port Kazard should do. The thing is, is like it's not yeah, Port Cazard could, you know, do all the tasks and whatnot and probably do them one and done. But the, the, the like, accumulation of all of it without DCing or without some internet problem or without some fucking server lag or anything, like, all of it together is just wild because you have to get the fucking gear first. Yeah. Like, that that's the most impressive thing about any hardcore yeah. mutts. Uh, I'm I'm spacing the name of the third guy that got it. I feel fucking bad for, but he he got one as well. It's just out of the blue. Just another third hardcore Iron Man gets it. But um, it's like they had to build their fucking account without dying in the first place, and then do all the tasks. The hardcore, it's like, well, first of all, you can't even ra- you can't even get carried in raids as a hardcore group because you can only do raids with your own team or solo. So. Like, you have to literally, uh, oh my god, like, that that will never happen. Like, I know I said that with normal hardcore, but nobody ever will get a Zuck helmet on a group hardcore. That's The only way I could see to do it, potentially, would be some kind of, like, fail-proof reporting program in Runelight or something like that that could say if you ever died from a certain point so like someone like a port Cazard or whatever could use a main with all the gear and be like right i'm going to do every single achievement that is included within the zuck helm without dying which wouldn't be the same thing but would at least prove the same skills without the ridiculous time input that you'd need to get there just to lose it on the first task <laughs> yeah but no i know but i mean even that's slightly easier but no i mean i i even even i mean i i can i'm one of the few people by the way i always need to flex this when i get the chance but like get just going from five jads to six jads without dying just going in to six jads and knowing that your entire run of your group hardcore ironman could end right here just by yeah like yeah i don't care how good you are that's hard yeah like like the nerves would get to you in that moment. The nerves in every fucking thing would be in. in I'm mean, just doing an inferno. Doing an inferno already is insane. Um, wait, I can't even remember. Is this is inferno dangerous for hard? It's not right. Not on or a hardcore. No. Okay, it's not. Not on a regular I forget. I always forget about that. I, I'm getting like confused because I remember Lake was doing it on a group hardcore, and now for some reason in my head, I'm thinking that's dangerous ac- across all accounts. Okay. Yeah, but even doing the Inferno on a group hardcore is insanity because you misstep out of the shield one time and you're dead. Like, you're just... 
these people, they, they, these people that are built different. The top, the top, like three to five PVMers are like insanely good. But you are right. I mean, what Lake died doing a five hundred on his hardcore, yeah, right? It it is impossible. Yeah. Nobody, if anybody does that, if anybody can ever do that on a group hardcore Ironman, I will. I want to say something absolutely crazy because I just I, I actually know this will never happen. It's, it's too impossible. So I can actually just say this. I'm going to say this. I will de-iron. I will de-iron. That's what I would do. You heard it. You heard it here first, yeah. folks. And I'm saying with the rules that are currently in place, which is which currently as of this recording is group hardcore Ironman. Everything is dangerous. There's no extra lives. Technically you do get up to five lives, which those totally count, but you have to have a, Ooh, do you know what though? That changes things. I think if you play it solo mm-hmm. and you, just well, you can't do it. So you have to be at least in a duo. Well, no, but that's why no, but I mean like as in you play all five accounts. So like, you basically just start a hardcore Ironman with five well, lives. No, no, but okay, listen, listen. This is this is the tricky thing when it comes because if you do it with five accounts, you need to do all the tasks that require five man speed runs. So, do you? Yeah, you you have to. So, but if you do a duo, you only have to do the tasks. I, I think this is how it works. At least in my head, this is how it works. If if you're a Probably duo group hardcore, like picked or whatever though. Sorry, say that again. Probably like the five man tasks aren't auto ticked if you're in a group hardcore. They are if you're in a duo. They're, uh, I think, well, I don't know if that actually happens, but that is the way it should be. I actually well, literally don't know. You can just do it with mains without penalty, I guess. No, 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 no. They're, they're auto ticked because raiding with. Not. Raiding because with. Because then they've got Grandmaster tasks like ticked off that would be giving loads of points. So you'd have like your easy and medium combat achievements done then, like straight away. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I think, I think, I think this is this was their intention. Again, I am just speaking out of my fucking ass because I actually have never played a yeah, group I'm hardcore. Yeah, we are both talking but, about something we have but, no but, idea. About. But the thing is, is, like, I remember hearing that Jagex wanted all the teams, like, like the fact that like you could get to a point on a group hardcore and just never be able to get a Zuck helmet because you chose to be in a four man group instead of five. Like, that's ridiculous. Like. That clearly should be overhauled to the point where you don't need to do those tasks to get a Zuck helmet. So well, not I'm, that, I'm not that they're the idea off. is just you can do a five-man theater of blood without incurring penalty. I'm guessing if you've got a two two-man team or whatever. Maybe I'm wrong. Though. No, Maybe it can't. It, that can't be the case either, though, because then why not just fucking get all your items that way? Just oh, I'll just pretend. Yeah, like that's this. true. Actually, yeah, it probably is just in a broken state, and but no one is in. You're right. I think it's in a broken state currently, but I think optimally their idea is to make it so those tasks are ticked off without giving you points. Yes. They're they're already done. They're completed, but you don't get points for them. It's the same thing with the eight man. Like they actually just cannot physically do an eight man because that breaks. Yeah. That's just bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. So that would be optimal. But so that is the benefit of doing a duo group heart so technically you don't right. have two yeah. lives and you would you would you're forced to have a player that's also a gamer on your team because you can't do those tasks you know by yourself like ultimate, yeah, that'd be insane. i mean there's some fucking stupid stuff as well to be fair like 
uh, what's it, Acker, like you know that duo Acker thing that you've got to do. Yeah, no, but it's oh, perfection yeah. of Agmeth. Uh, no, not Agmeth, and perfection of Het. Yeah, that's a fucking joke. How they do that on Hardcore Man, I have no idea. That must take days. So that's what I'm saying about that being an impossible feat. Nobody will ever get a group Hardcore Iron Man's helmet. Impossible. Well, when they do, the DIN's going through. Yeah, the only way that could ever happen, and again, like this is going to be something where like somebody's like, oh, they did it, you got a DIN, but they came out with like a fucking one-shot dart or something that people can just yeah. buy like five years down the road. Just go in the, can you imagine the pressure of doing six jads on an account that was a hardcore? Like, no way. Dude, but I can't I even imagine doing the 10 HP Hydra. So yeah, how he did that, 10, that 10 HP. Like, as his last task as well, I would be shaking. Like, oh, you know that clip of the guy doing Dragon Slayer 2 where he's just like, the mouse is just <laughs> everywhere. I'd yeah. be doing that, but on my hardcore Hydra, honestly. God damn it. Dude, hard. no amount of practice can 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 prepare you for that pressure, right? You see it with like athletes in real life. Like, no amount of preparation can can make you not feel the nerves in the moment. I know because it's just one slip up, it's over. I know, and, and like you think of these PVMers that are like god tier, and you think that they are immune to that, but like it just seems like that in the video, right? You know, in 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 themselves, they're feeling it surely. Yep. It's crazy. Okay. Um, oh, by the way, do you think Mutz will get his uh, blood Torva? Um, do you think he'll die trying? That shit's hard to do it in one one attempt. Obviously, he has a main to practice, but still. I've never done it, so I can't particularly comment, but I can't say I've seen anyone do it in four crystal things, whatever they are. Well, he has a main to practice. So that's no, no, I know that. But I don't think I've ever seen anyone do it, even on their eye, because loads of Iron Man practice on mains, right? So they don't waste all of them. Yeah, but called. but nobody's but but you got to keep in mind, like those Iron Men, they don't have that pressure of like they're they're not the people that are going to telly out and shit, like have all these safe guards and shit. Is he going to get it? I I've not done it at all, so I can't particularly comment. I think. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think he'll do it. Dude, he's a fucking madman. He's actually a madman. Uh, it was weird as well. Before he got the Zuck helmet, I, like, I've I've spoken to him before mm -hmm. um, at RuneFest many years ago, and like, I've kind of kept track of what he's been up to for years. Um, I didn't particularly think of him as an amazing PVMer. He's not. Really? That's the thing. He's literally not. Like he's He's competent at everything. But he's not incredible. He's just a fucking consistent, amazing hardcore player. He knows everything ins and outs of hardcore. He knows when to fucking tell you. He knows when to dip. He knows like how to be safe in every scenario. But he's not a Wooks. He's not a Port Cazard. He's just like good. He's just like solid. I mean, and, and ultimately, that's actually the most important thing. Knowing when to telly is actually the most important thing on a hardcore. Yeah, he's built muscle memory around it. Like, he's fucking, like, he's very do you, want, do you want to know how I died on my hardcore that was, like, geared up to the eyeballs and stuff? How did you die? Oh, God. <laughs> I was at work, i.e., like, um, working from home during the pandemic. And I was at Corp. 
and I'd specced it down and I was uh, zami spearing. This was on like my personal PC. So I was just sort of zami spearing it down. Yeah. Um, I went onto my work PC and it was like, oh, please log into your VPN. And I typed in my password and it went invalid password. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. So I typed it in again, typed it in, looked back at my screen and I got hit a nine by the core that I forgot that I hadn't killed. Um, so I just literally died to the core jumping on me and like hitting me down to zero. Oh my god! Not looking at my screen. <laughs> uh, like, I looked back as I died. It was like, oh! If I'd looked back like two ticks earlier, I could have clicked an angler or a telly or something. Oh, that's. So... If I had a ring of wealth, a ring of life, I would have survived as well. Dude, you've had some really like heartbreaking moments in your career. <laughs> I'm sorry. Honestly, to say. Like, I even play this game. <laughs> Jesus, man! Like, how much heartache can one man take? I know that was so bad, honestly. So Dude, playing bad. playing hardcore in general is just like I know some people live for it. People are just built that way, where they just want the thrill. They need it basically to play. You're just asking for tragedy playing hardcore, though. You are, and you're just you're literally like playing for like constant nightmares and like constant stress. Oh yeah, yeah. Honestly. I've never had as many RuneScape dreams as I did as when I was a hardcore. Yeah. Like, no, just... I, I don't dream about RuneScape anymore at all, like, ever. When I was a hardcore, oh, my God, I swear, every other night I was having some kind of nightmare where I was dying. Yep. Crazy. Like, I, I can't imagine what it must be like sleeping in Mutz's head. That guy must just wake up in, like, cold sweats every night. <laughs> I know it's crazy. Some people just live for it, though, and I I am one of those guys that likes chilling on my normal iron. It's just no pressure, yeah. no stress. The thing with it is, it's so much easier when you're a content creator as well. Like someone like Alfie, who like will just be making a very good living off basically just resetting hardcores. Um, that would be so much easier than doing it just because you want to play hardcore. Yeah, no, like, no, but four months as a creator, like he was he streaming, but I'm guessing he wasn't particularly big streaming at least until recently. Yeah, no, I mean, Mutz, I think I don't think it's about the content creation part. It, it's got a factor yeah. for sure, but he definitely is just a hardcore player. He's one of those psychopaths that like he dies on a hardcore that very minute he's making another one. Yeah, that's nuts. I feel like that's so easy to do when you're Alfie and like it's for the content, but like doing it just off your own back to like play the game, that's just wild. I could never do that. I'm just glad I didn't fall and I consider it a trap like that. And this the reason is because I'm also not built for hardcore. But I find it like a trap to like go down that hardcore Iron Man rabbit hole where it's just like you are now addicted to making hardcores and you can never just keep a normal account going like you're just you have that addiction now i'm oh, glad yeah, I for got sure. that. yeah for sure it's, it's a high that will never be beat like if you get an item on a hardcore or you achieve something like a zark home or whatever on hardcore like that will never be beat as an achievement yep um like the way it makes you feel i did start a hardcore after that one um and maybe a few months later uh that i was making a zerka and I got a enhanced weapon seed on it, and then died trying to get another one. <laughs> Damn. So like I was do I was doing corrupted gauntlet on like a level 
78 account or something. Um, and actually gone and had Swift and Seed, so that was really cool. But then that's, I just died. <laughs> that's, what are your thoughts on CG? Do you like it? Um, I think I did like it, if that makes sense. I, I enjoyed doing it the first time. I don't think I'd enjoy doing it again. I think it would... Now I know how to do it, and I've done it to get like the Grandmaster times and stuff like that. Um, I think just doing it regularly to get items would be a bit bleak. Um, but I think it's good content. They tried. <laughs> to make something akin to Dungeoneering, and they kind of succeeded. Um, I think they would have done better just releasing Dungeoneering, but I appreciate that's a lot more work. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did like it. <laughs> it's, I guess, the easiest way to say it. I like low-key wish you could stack CG chests. Like, just have, like... Yeah, do, they like... do a lot of that on RuneScape 3, and it is very fucking cool. Yeah, I would like that. Like, I, they they need to. I would love to see enrage mechanics on this game in some capacity. That would be very sick. Like, imagine you can do corrupted gauntlet, and you can keep going, but it gets ten percent harder and twenty percent more loot every single kill in a row. And then, if you want to cash out, you have to open the chest and you get all the loot. But then it resets you back to zero. So it's like risk versus reward. So like. You know, if you do a hundred in a row and then die in the hundred and first one, you lose everything. I mean, that's what they're trying to do with uh, the Coliseum. It's coming out. Yeah, that would be sick. I, I like the idea of unlimited upside for these things because um, there's this guy on RS3 called uh, Evil Lucario who does uh, Telos, which is like the hardest boss on Dreamscape Three, and he is like the he's like a step above Wooks for that game. Like, he's the only guy that has done, like, 250, 4,000 Enraged Telos in a row. Jesus. Um, or something like that. I can't remember the specifics because I don't play the game. But, like, he's the only guy that can do it. Um, and, like, the loot is insane. Like, can you imagine 200... It'd be like doing 250 Chambers of Zarek, but every single time the loot goes up by, like, a factor of, like, 10%. <laughs> Like, you imagine opening the chest at the oh end, like, God. the ridiculousness that would be in that thing. Like, you know, by the time you're doing the 250th one, it's like a one in three. I'm surprised it's not just a fucking 100% at that point, just everything. <laughs> like, it would just be unbelievable. I mean, bear in mind with, like, Talos as well, like, regular loot is, like, five uncut onyxes and stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, crazy. They open the chests and it's, like, nine bill and stuff. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, like we say, I do love the idea of enraged mechanics generally because it just it it makes the game so much more open ended in top end PVM. Instead of having to go faster, you can go further, and you can always go further. Yeah, it's it's just tough to balance because you have to make it so difficult, or else like the money maker just becomes wild, like. Yeah, to the point where like just the people with the most skill. I mean, it makes sense that the people with the most skill should be. Should be that's what I think. I'm like, I'm like, look, but, if you if you're the best player in the game, you should be able to make 150 mil GP an hour. Like, fuck it, why not? Yeah, but that's the that's the concern is like, you know, you know, if there's a cap, maybe it's 150 mil an hour. But what if it becomes really uncapped and it's like fucking 
800 mil per hour like just something where it's just like oh okay this is too much get good, get good and do it yourself yeah, yeah no that's that's but it, kind of be my philosophy to that i i think the top end money in this game should be absurd but it should only be achievable by like five people yeah but it should also be unique based and that's to so you shouldn't just be shitting out like oh here you've done all this here's 200 mil raw gp like just shit like uh, you know, something that's not really supply and demand. If it's supply and demand, we're really, you have to hit a certain tier to get this new fucking incredible weapon. Then the people that actually start like grinding and getting good at it will not, um, like it'll balance out the supply and demand in a way. So not just shitting out like unlimited onyxes just for no reason, I think is. Yeah. What important. we need is a system to increase demand massively. Have you, are you familiar with what invention does on RuneScape 3? Yeah, um, just basically you can break down items. Yeah, they should they should absolutely do something like that in this game. It would just it's just a it's just a lever that they can pull however they want to basically fix the economy however they want, um, which does solve a lot of the issues. Which is why they can do mad stuff like getting bosses to just shit out anything and everything because everything has a purpose. There's no dead content. Yeah, it would be very interesting to see in old school how that would play out. Yeah, it would be really cool. I think it would fix a lot of things, and I think it would allow for a lot more flexibility in drop tables and stuff because what you have at the minute is kind of like Zolra style, which is or like modern Zolra style, which is like actually just a completely bog-eyed version of what it was which is like massive amounts of totally useless stuff um or you've got like the nightmare which is just awful like no one enjoys that <laughs> like it's hard isn't it because everyone knows that what they should enjoy is getting a unique every so often and getting nothing in between um but that's actually incredibly soul destroying in practice and it's far more enjoyable to get loads of money like it's forecast uh it depends it i i don't know there's something the problem with nightmare is like so i think of like fasani's and the it's just like the the items aren't useful enough first off like they're they're not yeah. even that good and it takes a hundred and sixty kills just to get a fucking item and it's usually a staff that is obnoxious. That's way too obnoxious. They overshot the rates. It should be like a one in fucking fifty. Like, yeah. I mean, and this is this is quite controversial. My favorite content in game is actually Nex. <laughs> Nex is pretty fun. Yeah, I I really really like it, especially since they put the Fang in. I think it is actually a very fun boss to do. It is. It's chill. It's got uh, the. There's a few annoyances, which is like nulled damage, where like. Especially on the shadow phase where it just like randomly dashes and you just hit like a fucking ruby and it just nulls oh, that hit. Yeah, like stop it. The worst? Like like stop doing that. Like why is this even a fucking mechanic? This isn't like you should know better by this point. Don't design shit like that. Yeah, I hate those. They're really painful. Um but that is like absolutely my favorite boss. And it it I think it has a very good drop table. You're right, it does. It's because it's got valuable stuff. Like I think of like the dragon bolts that it dropped like the like this is stuff you want it doesn't have to be in huge quantities but it's useful shit 
Same thing with like the air orbs, kind of like it's not many, but like, oh, this is actually like a nice item for an Iron Man, like just to not have to do your own orbs and stuff. Yeah, and, like yeah. Corp also has a very good drop table as well. Potentially the sigils are a bit too rare, but I think they the the actual items it drops are pretty cool. Yeah, no, I think uh Yeah, the the thing yeah. Is it's like it's like why don't they do like with more bosses they should be doing like 500 cannonballs and less like six room plate bodies <laughs> i know i agree with you but yeah i could i there's a lot i could talk about so i just won't because there's the whole drop table thing is just a fascinating discussion in general it, but i i do like next because no one else likes it and therefore all the uniques are like 500 mil <laughs> which is so good it is cool it, and the thing is it's actually a fun fight but it requires coordination with a small group of team like a, like a small team and having people actually know what they're doing not trolling and yeah it's actually really nice like the flow of it feels good the gear switches it's not too like obnoxious and you you know, there's ways to make it more efficient, but it's like the boss itself just has very simple mechanics and you get to kind of just maximize how efficient you want to be. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the way you perfect them with the step unders and stuff like that, which yeah. is just really, really nice. That's cool. Um, you know, you get you get yourself a blood fury on your full Missouri. Like, you know, suddenly it only takes like two brews to get a kill in like a trio. And it's like, oh, that's nice. Dude, I'll be honest. I kind of... But what are your thoughts on Blood Fury? I, I still um, wish it wasn't in the game. <laughs> it's tough because conceptually, yeah, I think you're right. But in terms of when I play with it, I do enjoy myself more. Um, no, no, that, like that's, when use, yeah. No, no, when but, I use a Sanguinesti staff and a Blood Fury at uh, Solo Chambers, for example, and you just don't have to eat, yeah, um, that's nice. Because you just because you just get chipped at solo chambers, right? Like you just do get hit like thirty sometimes, yep. um, regardless of what you're praying, which is annoying. And being able to make up for that small amount of damage passively is really nice. Um, so I, I, it's hard for me to say. I don't think they should add more of it. I don't think it should ever be really really powerful. But I do like it when I play with it. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I, I like it too. I would also like it if it was like double the heels and like fucking send it, you know, but it's like, it's, I don't think it's good for the game. I think it's like, well, that, okay. So I guess that's a question then. Why, if you think it, why, if you enjoy playing with it, do yeah. you think it's bad? I think it's bad because now like we're designing content, not exactly, but, it's a slippery slope of like, okay, we have these new, this new gear and you, you know, kind of start getting used to a blood fury where content can, can almost be designed with that in mind now where I don't know. It's like, but you enjoy it to so say, what? I know, but I would also enjoy <laughs> getting 300 K runecrafting XP an hour, but is that like good? Like, long term i, I, I like know. that it's i like that it's melee only because i think it gives melee a space in a way where it has a drawback and that you have to be stood right next to something mm -hmm. like the other styles don't really have a drawback where melee does so it's nice that it does have a nice little niche thing it can do that they can't although i guess arguably you could just yeah. use blood spells so no it's just it's just I don't know. It's really hard to like fully put into words. I just think it's, 
I don't know. It's, it's just like it's just really, really good. <laughs> it's like too good. It, it just it's too good. I don't know. It, maybe if they had come out with a Blood Fury that had no stats, like a necklace that had no stats, and it was healing, so like you have a significant drop in DPS almost, like for that cost. But the thing is, a Fury is like basically almost your best in slot. Oh, if, if I was a main, I would just use it all the fucking oh, time. Oh, yeah, of in... course. Like, it's just, that's that's what I mean. It's like... The worst part about being an Iron Man is you've actually got to go and fucking get them. I know. It's just, I really hope that, that thieving change... It, so, let me just, uh, like, I want to take a step back for those listening. Like, I like using a Blood Fury, don't get me wrong. I almost just wish it had never even been pitched or brought into the game so i wouldn't have to think about what i'm losing by like because i'm not in favor of them removing it i just am i just wish that it had never been introduced in a sense because i don't know it's it's really like hard to put into words but like i just it's hard to put into words because you think because you enjoy it it is better. Passive healing is a more fun way to play the game than like chomping on sharks. But... You're right about that, but I don't. I, I think the way they came out with it was too powerful. Like I would have almost preferred like a prayer that has a blood sapping effect, where it's like a, a lesser form. Like imagine like a chivalry. So it's the power of chivalry with a blood kind of healing effect, and every time it procs, you drain some prayer. So there's like an actual like significant downside but you do get that kind of opposite i think with the blood fairies just it's all positive it seems like it's there's very very little downside which is like maybe a max hit maybe yeah i think i'm one of those people though that does think that the prayer book is almost like uh it would be like sacrilege to to change it um really i never really know knew how i feel felt about ruinous powers because oh i didn't like that at the time it was getting polled, I was doing my extreme one pet at a time series. And that series would have benefited massively from Ruinous Powers coming out because I could have got what was essentially Rigor without having to go for the omelette pet. So my sort of view on it at the time was quite skewed towards like, yeah, I want Ruinous Powers. Um, but I think looking back at it in the cold light of day, I think they they need to just leave the prayer book as is, never change it really from where it is now i just don't want them to add another prayer book i think that's the kind of impression i got from them trying to add ruinous powers i was so scared of ruinous powers coming in and just breaking the core like fundamental of you know no if you're scared of ruinous powers you must be fucking shit scared of sailing though surely i'm pretty scared of sailing i'll be honest um yeah i'm very fucking scared of sailing one of my fears i was going to talk about this earlier with forestry is like forestry part two was such a shit show because they're adding just a bunch of random garbage like events and new items and all this fucking shit that nobody cares about we have to start caring about it because now it's like the new efficient way to train but nobody wanted it really and and so my fear with sailing like the I, i get like little fears that creep up over time like little things that stack on and one of my fears now with sailing because of forestry part two is them adding just a bunch of junky items just a a bunch of shit you have to start keeping track of to fucking repair your ship and all this other stuff like i really hope when they come out with sailing it's very like they try to make it as simple as possible i feel like that's so important like 
Yeah. Like, I mean, they can't win. Like, ultimately, like, whatever they release, everyone is going to, like, someone, most people probably are going to hate it. Um, even the people that voted for sailing are then going to be like, oh, this isn't what I pictured when I voted for sailing kind of thing. So it's going to be awful for them. Like they're going to, they're going to probably think that, oh, we're releasing our new steel. It's going to go really well. And it's just not whatever it is. Um, I think you're right. I think they need to keep it as simple as possible and build on it over time. I don't think they will. I think they're going to try and release a finished skill like they've done in the past on the other game. Like those skills are pretty much done on release, mm-hmm. um, so I don't think they will. But <laughs> I've got no confidence that particularly Forestry Part Two was really bad in terms of that. Like that was a small scale version of what sailing is going to be as well. In terms of the kinds of things they were adding, like did they add all the, like the passive buffs and that in the end? I don't really know. The what from. You know, like they were like, oh, if you burn you logs on no, or like the teas, was it? Oh teas? yeah, they they scrap they scrap that shit. They're also getting rid of all the items that they added. They decided like this just too obnoxious. Thank God. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I mean, there's no way Sailing's going to come out without like 700 items attached to I it. No, that's why. Um, just please don't do that. And they're going to make it tie into every other skill, which is again going to kind of hurt in a way, but I don't really see how they can do much else, because they, they can't release a skill like woodcutting or mining or whatever now. Like, it would just feel empty. Yeah, nobody would want yeah, to do it. So yeah. it kind of has to feel like an invention or an archaeology or something like that. It sort of tying into everything else to feel satisfying. But that is tough in a game that is built on nostalgia. It's gonna be very tough. I'm I'm still excited for the most part. It's just gonna be kind of rough, uh, I think initially. I'm I'm really hoping, like part of me hopes that it just gets scrapped, like really close to release. Um, I don't think that will happen though. I think they'll release it and it will be bad. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna get scrapped either. And I think even if it were to be scrapped, they're so wanting to release a new skill and there's such a big majority of players that think they want a new skill that no matter what even if it were to be scrapped somehow they would just go back to the drawing board real quickly and try to whip up another design real quickly so no matter what there will be a new skill in the game in the next like three years like it's just yeah i I pray that it's good i just have and the idea of a skill is nice like, it is a very old school thing. Like, you know, you're logging in, like, release day, new skill, everything's new. But also, that magic is also lost as well because we know exactly what it is and what it's going to be and what what's going to be involved. Yep. Yeah. So the magic element of a new skill feeling old school isn't there. And all it's going to do is kind of make the game feel not very old school at all very quickly. And I, I just... it It probably can work. I just don't back jagex as the company to make it work yeah well we'll see i'm trying to remain optimistic but you're right there's just so much that could go wrong and there's so many things that could just make the game almost feel like unfamiliar in a sense or just what did you vote for skill like the skill that you wanted it to be i initially initially wanted taming until they actually talked about what their idea was for taming i was like okay this sounds boring as hell and then i switched (laughs) to sailing 
but inevitably mm-hmm. i actually voted no to sailing uh when the poll mm-hmm. actually came out and the reason i voted no is just because there's I don't like we we need to fix where skilling is in the first place. I don't feel like we've even like come to any sort of good healthy point on what skills should even be. I feel like I don't know. I I get nervous of you know everybody hates skilling basically in the community, but somehow everybody wants a new skill. I just am like okay, like is this even going to be a new skill or is it just going to be like some fucking like go on a boat and go to an island and do combat? Like it's just, I, I don't even know what sailing really yeah, is. I was, I was a shaman, a shamanism maxi because in my mind that felt more like a skill. In my mind, I think of sailing very much as, and I think it would be better received. They would have more flexibility with what they could do and it would be better content generally if they just released it as a sea expansion yeah, so like just a mini game almost, like not a skill at all. Not much, more like what they did, like when they were like, "We're releasing Zaya. It's this new continent, and you're gonna have all this amazing content there." If they did it like we're releasing a sea expansion, you can go out onto the water on boats, and you can do all sorts of crazy activities. You can go to these islands and get new logs that can be used for fire making. There's these new bosses, blah blah blah. Like that stuff is all great, and you take the pressure off the release by taking away it being a skill which is the worst part because they're essentially having to shoehorn in xp methods into stuff that doesn't make sense because ultimately if you're when i say to you like don't don't think about it too much if i go oh we're releasing sailing what do you think you get xp for doing i i guess riding your boat but yeah who knows exactly but that seems like that's fundamentally not going to give xp because the one thing they've seemed to show is that sailing is the movement action not the skill itself it's like fire making like you know that's a skill it's called fire making and you get xp by making fires yet sailing doesn't seem like you're going to get xp via doing sailing I think you. I think they are trying to do that, but it's so odd because that would feel just so wrong. Yeah, like what you're going to get XP by just moving around? Like surely not. Presumably the XP is going to be tied more to things like defeating this, you know, kraken or whatever. Um, yeah. And that's going to be what the XP is. At which point it feels wrong because you're like, well, shouldn't that really be sailing uh, Slayer XP or something like that? Like I feel like they could they would have had a far better job doing it as like an expand an area expansion rather than as a skill because it would have taken so much of the pressure off and let them have a lot more freedom with the content that's involved. You're right. We'll see. We'll see. It's just it's too too far away. It's too hard to really know. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. Everyone losing their max capes as well. Like holy shit. Oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be what well, I think it will be fun. I think particularly for the first week or two, it will be very fun. Like the the the, the high score watching and seeing who's rank one and oh, this kind yeah. of thing. Oh. That will be great. Like that just will be good no matter what they release. It's the late it's it's later on that is gonna be the real show of if it's good or not. You're right. Okay. Who do you think is good? I think it will be solo mission. <laughs> he'll be rank one no nah, the real hardcore skillers will go crazy i was gonna say maybe day one no there's no way yeah day, day one solo mission what day day i mean iron higer is gonna be putting in 
work. Uh, to be fair, like I can actually see Solo Mission going quite hard on the way to 99. I could actually see him in the ranks of getting to 99, but there's another race entirely going to 200 mil. I mean, if it's not viable and it's purely like, you know, time investment slash gathering, I think it would be too iconic of Heiger not to get rank one overall as an Iron Man. Oh, yeah. Heiger. Well, the, okay. So DK Ho is definitely going to be at 200 mil all by then. So, and he's a huge gamer, rank two Iron Man. Um, there might be a couple more Iron Men by the time sailing's released, but maybe not. But yeah, Heiger, if it's up to Heiger DK, the thing is DK, being the underdog, he really could like get rank one Iron Man if he really chose to. But I think Iron Heiger really is a competitive player. And if he thinks his rank is like, you know, in danger of getting dropped down. I think he's going to go really fucking hard. That guy, he, I think Iron Heiger might even win leagues. I, I would not be surprised at all. Oh, I, think, I think he's stacking items. I 100% think he's stacking items. Thing is, like, how much, like, what's even the theoretical limit of, because, like, is, is it possible that people tie at the end? Like, how many tasks so. are there? There's only so many points, so I guess it's down to the regions that you picked. Because as far as I'm aware, they are all slightly different in terms of the sheer number of points they can mm-hmm. give. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I think they will hit the cap because what? There's still another four weeks left. Yeah, something like that. And Man. I believe they're down to something like 65 completable tasks left or something. So yeah, I think they will knock it out completely. So I think it would just be who has the best regions. Um, but we'll see, I guess. Um, but I do like the idea of an Iron Man being number one overall on the high scores. That would be pretty funny. Nuts. That would be nuts. But I think as good a rep as Heiger has, like some of the guys that were particularly like around sort of rank three to seven to two hundred mil all are like a joke when it comes to. And I know it sounds weird, like short-term skilling, like three months or whatever it's going to take to get 200 million sailing. Those guys are like built different. Like Tom DeBalm, that guy was a joke when he was going for 200 mil all. Um, Voir, he's fucking crazy. Like that guy used to drop like 140 HP weeks, like every single week for a whole year. <laughs> I'm very curious uh yeah who's well what would be very surprising if the first rank one sailing is not a person with 200 mil all you know that would be that would be very interesting i can't see it though yeah i don't think i can see it well thing is i actually could see it because there are a lot of people that really crave that competition we see it in leagues even like some new names that you haven't really seen before that are going really hard and i i think there there would be some very very strong competition that is not 200 mil all that would go extremely hard like i think i think they would drop off before 200 mil i think they would do well until like the sort of 50 mils i I think people that care about skilling to the extent to go for 200 mil quick would have done it already i mean you're right like but i don't think it's even like that i think it really is about in my head i'm thinking kind of like a 50 50 chance of somebody that's not 200 mil all getting 200 mil sailing first i i I don't think it's strongly leaning one way or the other because 
again, like, first of all, sailing, I don't even think will be, like, I, I think sailing beyond 99 will be at least 300k XP an hour. Like, I, I'm pretty sure it'll be, like, that high of a, a skill. You think? Yeah, yeah. They're going to come out with something I, that's crazy. I'm going to guess 180k XP per hour. Okay, wow. I'm thinking, like, literally 300k, maybe even plus, maybe, like, 350k potentially at 99, just doing some crazy shit. And when you look at it that way, I mean, this skill is really only like what, like 700 hours, 800 hours. So like it only takes a few months to, I don't know. It'll, it'll be, it'll be a wild ride. I really hope like he box Yonga goes like really hard. Cause he now like has the you know luxury of YouTubing and streaming. So he doesn't have to work or anything. So he, he could go pretty hard. Yeah, I feel so. I feel sorry for people like Jace, whose like main, like, strength was just consistency over time. Yeah, the because I'm not really. He, he won't even be front page probably. I'm not worried. Uh, Jace will 100% lose his rank, but I'm not really particularly worried. Like he's he's got uh, he's got plenty of years of being able to like flex rank two. And the thing is, he's, he's a collection logger at this point. So people will forever remember him as one of the greatest skillers that got 200 mil all right before, right after Link's Titan. And thing is, like, he's very soon going to be able to put in his title that he's, like, one of the top collection loggers as well. How, so. is, he, how is he doing? Because I, I, I know it's measured in terms of, like, the hours on the log, isn't it? Which is kind of brutal because if you get like a third age pickaxe you just like jump seven thousand hours or something right well on the i have it pulled up right here he's ranked 15 overall on the collection log he has 1363 slots so is there like a measure like hours played uh, though so like there probably is but there's i don't think there's anything like official on here that shows it but the thing is hey jace is on that top echelon he's probably I would even say rank two or rank three in that regard because he does have a shit ton of third age. Let me just look it up. He's got... He hasn't done like so many hard clues or something. Yeah, but the hard clues inevitably don't mean much it, because, you know, you can only get the hard clue third age. So eventually he has to do all the master third age, which can only be done through masters. But he does have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven unique pieces of third age. Yeah, that's nuts. Which he, I, Marnie he's, is. He's done those two years we discussed earlier. Marnie is a hundred percent rank one because, on top of actually being rank one, he also has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight pieces of third age. He's got a bow, a cloak, a wand, a pickaxe, and two third age druidic robots. Yeah, I knew, I knew that he had like two third age druidic bombs or something like that, which Bruh. is just fucking crazy like that rng is off the charts the fucking like how the fuck do you have a bow a wand a pickaxe two third age druidic like all of this shit in four thousand masters for, for those like just keep in mind four thousand masters the what he's at uh let me actually look at his elites real quick in his hards and okay, that's so, such such an advantage it, in the race elites and hards so he's 2300 hards and 900 elites that is like the equivalent of having one piece of third age like th th that alone and then masters three maybe potentially four pieces of third age 
But so let's just even be conservative and say he deserves four from that and one from the other. So he deserves five pieces of third age. And he has five, he has nine. And they're really, really good pieces. So he's absolutely spoon fed. I mean, the thing, the thing with it though is a bit like the discussion we had earlier. It's kind of irrelevant until he finishes because he could be the guy that goes 104,000 master clues without getting a third age axe. Yeah, no, you're, you're completely right. As soon as you're missing one piece, yeah. I mean, even even just one clue scroll expansion coming out with one more piece of third age just puts everyone down pretty pretty far. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's see. As an experienced PVMer, what are Frey's feelings about the future of bossing on the one chunk account now that he rolled the rev chunk? Is he happy to say, or is he happy to have sped up hundreds of weird and long flinching kill uh, kills others had to do, or is it a shame that his early bossing will be less unique? Um, I still think it will be relatively unique. I mean, there's this. So obviously, what they're referring to is that within this chunk, I'm going to have to get all the revenant weapons, which basically gives me a good weapon with all three styles to do future things on so i've never had to do anything stupid like a flinching cow fight queen or whatever mm-hmm. um but because i started in canafis there is quite a lot of bossing quite close to me that would still be weird to do with revenant weapons like doing the nightmare with a with a vigorous chain mace or <laughs> doing like theater of blood with a crossbow like that will still be quite weird but it will be like doably weird to the point that I feel like I'll actually be participating. Like if I do Theatre of Blood with a with a chain mace and a crossbow and a Theramon Scepter, that feels a lot better than doing it with like a steel scimitar. Because <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll actually be contributing to some extent, whereas, you know, just doing it with whatever junk is kind of interesting but i imagine if you spoke to someone like limpwer the novelty of having to do that grind of like 2400 cow fight queen with whatever bullshit gear he did it with probably wore thin quite quickly (laughs) there's a related topic to your chunk man by florian he has two questions if you could start your extreme one chunk over in another chunk besides cannabis which one would you choose and which realistic grind you may come across somewhere next year are you most dreading and what grind are you looking forward to um, so if i had to start somewhere else i quite like the idea of doing something like a god wars chunk man um i don't quite know how that would work but i but because most people don't so what made my chunk man kind of a bit unique and i guess therefore people watched it was the fact that i actually did a couple of quests ahead of time that otherwise would take you all around the map and you would never realistically get done so the fact that i did priest in peril before starting so to speak means that i'm in mauritania and can roll all those chunks where someone like limpwer who started in lumbridge with no no quests is like hard it'd be really hard for him to get to mauritania because you have to go to the wizard's tower and you know mm-hmm. all the junk that comes along with stuff like that go via the farming cape chunk and drain or i believe you know this kind of thing um so i quite like the idea of doing the quests that get you up to the troll stronghold 
and maybe starting somewhere like that because I think trolls are quite an interesting NPC that can drop some interesting stuff. I think within God Wars Dungeon would be quite fun because I think without thinking about it too hard right now, I think you probably could green log God Wars with just God Wars, if that makes sense. Yeah. That would um, I think you can get and you can probably get enough DPS out of that to get a unique or two. And then that would sort of really get you on your way. Um, you know, you can probably get a decent enough range weapon and level to kill Sarah. And then once you do, you'll get yourself an, an armadillo crossbow. Um, at which point the rest of it kind of becomes a joke. Um, so I think that would be fun, but it would be a biblical starting chunk. And I mean, what are you going to be doing? You're going to be doing necks with a Zami spear and an ACB, I guess. Crazy. <laughs> <be> <laughs> Which would be kind of brutal. Um, but I think it could be done and I think it would actually make quite an interesting video series. Uh, that's probably where I'd start though. Um, in terms of grinds that I'm dreading coming up soon, I mean, my account is currently in like one of the most precarious spots that an account could be in. Um, I've got 99 cooking rollable. I've got 99 smithing very rollable, um, which would be very bad where I am at the moment. How would you do that, uh, by the way, 99 smithing? How would I do 99 smithing? So I so at the moment, I it, as it is right now, I think it would just kill the account because <laughs> um, I would essentially have to mine... Uh, mine like bronze and tin all the way to 99 which <laughs> would be way too much for me Jesus to do Christ. realistically i think i think that would just kill the account at that point i have a um, just a brief question like is there any chunk man accounts that get to choose their own next chunk i feel like that's just such a i don't know i feel like that's even like more like a a more enjoyable way to play is is that like is just not the case i feel like every chunk man i've seen it's always like random roles yeah what's quite nice about the community as a whole is that like no one sort of judges anyone else so like everyone just plays how they want to play and yeah there are people that choose chunks there's a lot of um oh okay people that don't make videos that that um that pick chunks like a lot um but there's a youtuber called happery that is a ultimate iron man chunk man and he picks his chunk so he started in the same one as limpwort and got 99 defense and 99 woodcut in um but after that he can pick his chunks um and you're right it's better for theory crafting and stuff um but i think quite a lot of what people watch extreme chunk for is people doing bizarre stuff for a long time with stupid methods yeah um so yeah, that's rough. One thing that I think would be quite nice was it was would be if I rolled something like the Haunted Mine, I would have access to iron, which would be slightly better. I'm very close to rolling Soul Wars as well, which could be another option with uh, with the myth and coal that you can get from there. Um, and you also get a load of nature runes from there as well, which you could use for superheating and stuff like that. Uh so again, that wouldn't be too bad. 
Um, but again, like you're talking 99 smithing with a method that is going to be like sub 10k XP per hour. So, I mean, whatever it is, it would take an awfully long time and I don't know whether I'd have it in me necessarily or not. I mean, another one that's pretty close, I guess, is 99 construction. Oh, God. Um, that's at least slightly better now because I've got I've got the revenants, so I at least have money. Um, and I do have the sawmill, so I can, in theory, just chop oak logs, smith them in, uh, make them into planks at the sawmill, and then um, get 99 construction that way. So that wouldn't be too atrocious, but it would still take a long time, I believe. Um, and then the, the, the other one that would be really, really grim would be uh, 99 prayer is also rollable. <laughs> um, so that would be me getting dragon bones from green dragons and then using them at the ectophuntus as it is at the moment if you had the like you know obviously you're gonna have the rev weapons at that point right so doing i don't know green dragons with a crossbow would be uh not not horrible it wouldn't be horrible and i also have the ectophuntus to get the most out of those bones so that that is one that i think i could do I think I think realistically I could do that and keep the YouTube channel. I mean that's the thing is that a lot of it's on the YouTube channel, right? And mm-hmm. you your channel will suffer for you doing the same activity for a thousand hours. You're right. Um like particularly something incredibly mundane like uh like the smithing, right? That would be really bad. Um but that that is the one I'm most scared of, the smithing, because it's the most realistic, because all I'm missing to start it is a pickaxe. As soon as I get a bronze or an iron pickaxe, like, that's it. I've got to get 90 mining and 90 smithing. Um, so that's that's by far the worst one. But there is a bit of hope. In my theory crafting, I'm one tile away, like, I'm one chunk away from Venonatis, and... Venonatis drops, I think it's like 650 gold ore in one go. Um, and, beca- and I've got Port Phasmatis unlocked, so I've got like a really close furnace to bank. Um, so that is an option. Just get an absolute shitload of gold ore from Venonatis. It drops like 650 at a rate yeah, of like 1 in 25. Fucking, fucking nuts. Yeah. That would be, so pretty, that would... That'd be pretty cool, actually. That would be cool. I mean, I'm pretty sure it would be rank one Venonatus in the whole game. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> I know man. Exactly. There's some, there's some crazy like, gold farmers crazy. out there. Um, yeah, like it would be front page Venonatus, though. I'm pretty sure. I think it's something like 20,000 kill count uh, to get 99 smithing that way because I've got no goldsmithing gauntlets. Oh, God. Um, but it's the kind of thing where I'd have to look into the hours. Like if I if I looked into the hours and and it was like seven thousand hours to to do it, whatever the method was, I think I'd I'd sort of at that point have to have a frank and honest conversation with the viewership and decide what was reasonable and what wasn't. Um, but yeah, that that would be kind of good because at least killing Venonatis would be decent content and quite fun. Um, whereas just like mining loads of tin and copper would be not unbearable. Um, here's a question from Hannibal. 
What gets you through those big grinds? Is it music, TV, podcasts? Um, I watch a lot of YouTube, like uh, random games, random documentaries. A lot of people, a lot of people reacting to TV shows that I've seen, um, which for some reason is a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine. Like I'll just find a TV show that I absolutely love, and then watch loads of different people reacting to my favorite bits in it um the two that i'm most guilty for that is doctor who have you seen that i i mean i know of it i don't watch it yeah it's, it's, it's kind of a childish show but i've watched it since i was like in primary school so i just kind of stick with it and it's yeah, it's funny. really good and then the other one is um attack on titan which i must say is like the best show that has ever graced the earth so i actually started watching that just because i had a roommate i i just i'm not an anime watcher so it's hard no, for me. okay it, it's hard for me to get into stuff but i will say like attack on titan definitely captured my attention when i first saw like brief bits of episodes and i don't know what it is it's like as i think i got in like five episodes in and i just burnt out like i i felt like like i was interested enough because it was some um, mystery behind it i didn't like i kind of wanted to know about these like giants and shit but it's just i feel like that i feel like this is my own just pet peeve is the characters in animes are so childish it like is unbearable sometimes so the thing so i've i have i'm not an anime lover i don't like you know read i've probably seen less than 10 animes ever um but what I think sets Attack on Titan different in that regard is what you're saying about the characters being childish. I can imagine what you're thinking. If you've only seen the first five episodes, you're probably thinking that the main character, um, Eren, is kind of a bit unlikable and a bit shouty. Um, but the main thing, which you can only really appreciate once you've watched the whole show, is that there's a kind of in-universe reason that he is like that. Um which is incredibly satisfying to see. Um, and have you seen Have you seen Breaking Bad? Yes, love yeah. Breaking Bad. Yes. So you know how that show just gets better. Like every season is better than yeah. the one that came before. Yeah. Um, Attack on Titan is like that, but in my opinion, to just a completely different level. Those two shows are definitely the best two shows I've ever seen. Um, and for me, Attack on Titan is just ever so slightly better. Wow. Like, no, I, I might I, have to give another try. Right if, if, if anyone is going to take one thing yeah. away from this podcast, I swear, please don't subscribe to my channel. Don't do anything else. Watch Attack on Titan all the way through because I swear it will change your life and your opinion on you know, like just what is the best TV show that you've ever seen because it is unbelievable. So good. The level of foreshadowing is nuts. Shit, I might have to give it another try. It's gonna. I got my mum to watch it, who is sixty-five years old. She watched it once. She said it was the best thing she's ever watched, and she's watched it twice since in the last two months. I'll have I'll have to give it a try. Uh, Exactly, you have to watch it a second time as well because you're like, I can't believe all that stuff was on screen for me to see the whole time, and I never saw it. Shit. 
okay i'll 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 give it a i will i will actually try to give it a shot you actually it's barely a commitment either it's like 95 episodes that like 20 minutes each it's like no i mean i I have time i got time (laughs) the thing is is like i i have to really really fall in love with something which is so rare i think if you're not an anime watcher which i'm not i would recommend watching it in dub as opposed to sub particularly because you're going to be like me playing runescape at the same time yeah so i find i find i can't watch animes that are in sub because i'm playing runescape mm-hmm. like if you're not actively looking and reading it's like really tricky to follow what's going on when it's in another language so defo watching dub and you know there are some iconic moments and i'll say i'll send you some um screenshots after this of like imvd where this show is like it's, it has like eight nine point eights in a row <laughs> and stuff like this that's nuts. which is just nuts that is nuts it's, it, and, and it's one of these things where like i'll see tiktoks about it because i've i've watched it and like i read about it a decent bit and watch videos on it so obviously my algorithm spits it out at me and it's always full of these people going is attack on titan really that good and everyone's like yes holy shit okay you know what <laughs> i'll 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 try it again what's it on by the way what, like uh crunchyroll you can get a 14 day um free trial so it's like free you'll you'll finish it in 14 days <laughs> maybe particularly once you get to like season three season three is like really where things go like okay like peak like you know like when you're watching breaking bad in like this in season five and you know i, I don't necessarily want to spoil it for everyone yeah. but like when it's all kicking off and you just can't put it down. Yeah, yeah. No, it it's, is, every, it's yep, every time. It's like that for about 30 episodes in a row. Okay, shit. <laughs> okay, well, I just got sold to it. We'll, uh, we'll give it a shot. Um, let's see. Uh, Agile Tom asks, and we're a little bit more on the Extreme One Chunk. What makes the Extreme One Chunk game mode so addicting to play slash watch? Do you feel that this game mode will continue to be popular years down the line? Um, so I, I kind of said it like really early on, I think, which is I think what's compelling to watch about it is that it's constant early game, or at least it feels a bit like early game because you're not doing anything necessarily efficiently. And I think that's why it's compelling watching. I think, I mean speak for myself where i definitely have watched a lot of like iron man series and stuff where i'll watch the first bit and it'll be interesting and then kind of once they start getting a bit too efficient with it and they get to raids and that kind of thing i just sort of stop watching because it becomes very samey to me i guess and whereas i think what one chunk does is it keeps you in the in the early game in terms of the activity that you're doing like you know you're mining coal so that you can get 70 mining or you're fletching oak longbows so you can get 72 fletching um this kind of thing and i think that makes for compelling watching because you're doing something that the audience would never do which i think kind of and and also i think the random nature of it has a level of suspense like if you're just watching someone play the game normally you can sort of predict what's going to be happening in next episode five episodes time 20 episodes time you sort of know the progression progression state of the game whereas with 
my account, for example, you don't know if in 10 episodes I'm going to be getting 99 prayer. I'm going to be killing Elder Chaos Druids to get, you know, Elder Chaos Druid robes for no reason or, you know, killing Callisto. Like I could be doing like basically anything and whatever I'm going to be doing is going to be being done in a stereotypically inefficient way, which I think is what people like. And I think you can see from the success of people like Settle that doing things non-traditionally is popular. I think in terms of is it still going to be successful in a few years' time? Probably not, because I think there will be the next Swan Chunk Man idea that comes along. Um, I think there'll be something new and fun that that someone's invented probably someone like settled that 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 captures the imagination of the community and that will be the next big thing um i think people might still pay one chunk but the issue with one chunk is what makes it so good is also what makes it so bad in that as soon as you hit a totally unreasonable grind you've either got to do a limp work and just do it anyway um he has the the luck that he can release like one video a month with a sponsor on it and presumably make you know enough to live on um which which is quite good for him um but a lot of people aren't in that in that boat so eventually i'll hit a chunk that i can't do realistically um and that 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 kind of then makes it you know do you want to do it make an exception and like you know skip it or backlog it do you want to just do it and kill your channel do you want to just kill off the account and then try and do something different on youtube it's kind of hard to say really so yeah hard to say if it'll be around in the future or not it's definitely stressful i can imagine it's obviously a lot less stressful again like you're in the limp words position or verfs where you do have a very sizable channel that can pull it off but yeah that's uh that's stressful. Have you ever considered making like, well, I know, I know you've made other video types, but have you ever considered making like almost two series at once? One's that one that's like not as time consuming. I think so. I, I kind of experimented with this when I started doing, I started a league Swan Chunk Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, so on that, I was like picking chunks and it was going to be a lot sort of faster paced and this kind of thing. Um, I kind of experimented with that and it just it kind of flopped on the channel, which is kind of a bad thing. I think I'm at the moment, I'm at that level where people care more about my account than they care about me as a creator, um, which is quite hard because I, I think it's, it's interesting because I have what slightly more subscribers than you, but I think you have far more presence within the old school community than I do. Um, which is kind of interesting, I think, because people care more about Canifist Chunk than they care about Frey, so to speak. And you can only really change that with time as one thing and also just variety of content as another. Um, as we said earlier, it's never your first idea that makes you big, right? It's always going to be your third, your fourth, your fifth. Yep. And so... I do think if I want to kind of make it as a old school RuneScape content creator that, that people tune into to watch because it's me, um, I'm going to have to keep iterating 
to some extent and coming up with new stuff and and trying and probably failing until I see whatever the next big thing is. Um, I think the movie that I'm making is going to be good. And I think also you kind of always have to do something bigger and better than what you did before for it to really sell. I don't think you can kind of take a step back. And I think that's kind of the mistake I made with the league's content, which was that it wasn't as interesting and it wasn't as impressive as what my extreme uh series was so i think that's kind of why why it failed in that regard i think as well Um, with the leagues is like there are people that have like when you think of leagues when i think of leagues i think of solo mission i think of ditter bitter i think of all these other creators like that are like they are competing like it's like the competition based i think that's just so much more exciting than having at least that's in my own opinion just when i think of leagues there's like there's dominant creators that take over that scene and so anybody else that really tries is like they're just going to get kind of drowned out somewhat yeah i mean i'm sure you're seeing it at the moment as well like you people only have so much time to watch old school inscape content Mm -hmm. and when you've got the big boys like solo mission uploading a video every single day yep it inevitably takes from the pool that can be watching your videos um and so when you're what when when it's league season it is brutal (laughs) uploading videos because like none of them get any views (laughs) yeah and uh, there is that like potential there for sure but you have to do something so unique and or something so crazy where you really are competing and your your edits are on point and the content's super engaging you're doing something different just hard. Not even, not even just leagues content though. Like everything is kind of struggling at the minute. Like if you look at pretty much every YouTuber aside from the really, really, really top ones, like they're all not doing as well as they were mm. a month or two ago. Um, just because of that pool being taken up by people uploading way, way more often. There's just a, a content saturation at the moment, which yeah, is for sure, which is tough, and I'm sure you feel it as much as I do. And ultimately, I'm trying to kind of humble myself because I'm, I'm. I'm looking at a video that does like 20,000 views in the first 24 hours as like a failure. Um, and ultimately, like realistically, that's that's like if I'd looked at that six months ago, I'd have been like, oh, my God, I can upload a video that gets 20,000 views in 24 hours. That's crazy. Um, so I'm trying to sort of humble myself and think, you know, just because it didn't get 40,000 in 24 hours doesn't mean it's not it's not you're failing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it gets a lot more stressful when you kind of have like an expectation. I I really try to like not have expectations when uploading because that is what really just kills the fun of stuff. It it's always yeah. it's stressful and it's almost inevitable in a sense, but it's like for me if I I just want to keep doing what I've enjoyed doing. I have seen growth from it. It's not fast by any means relative to other creators, but something where like i can make a ramble if it's not that interesting i'm not gonna like lose sleep over it i will just move on to the next thing and you know some casts just don't get as many views and that's totally okay it's just but again my formula is different like i'm not at the, at the same like we're, we're not the same theme of a youtuber like yours is series based mine's just like upload dialogue and a lot of it's you know miss some of it's hits and it's just like whatever so I, I think it's like a little bit of everything, but I think there's like super users that 
don't even know necessarily that they're super users, but like the algorithm sort of um, identifies them as people that set trends almost, or people that can recognize a trend and recognize something good and popular. Um, and that's why I think videos like your podcast can just like spike out of nowhere because I reckon one or two of those people will click on your video, watch it for four hours, and YouTube will go, <laughs> fuck me, that must be good. We're going to put it out to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, again, I've like, I think I literally said this on the previous podcast, but there's something as something really nice about autoplay, which is if one of my podcasts gets autoplayed and that motherfucker went to sleep, it's like, okay, you just got four hours of watch time. Here you go. So Yeah, that's, that's so true. Yeah, I think... Um, but I do think that I think all viewers are not weighted equally within the algorithm, which is, I think, why certain videos can just flop because, you know, those three guys that are your regular super user watchers decided not to watch for whatever reason. Mm. And that killed your video or vice versa. You know, you've got you got three new guys that are considered super users and, and it went, wow, okay, this guy's brought in three super this guy's brought in three trendsetters who has never watched this video before. Let's put this one out. Yeah, that's that's I kind would, of my theory. It's probably bullshit, but we'll see. You never know. The algorithm's so mysterious, you know. It really is. Um Okay, I. you know what? We've been talking for four and a half hours. I am literally starving. So we're going to wrap this up. But before we wrap up, I want to ask you for, for three shout-outs from the community, three that you uh, find deserving. Oh, three shout-outs. Okay, so number one, my uh, my best RuneScape friend, Kavay. He, uh, he uh, or Brennan, he's uh, putting a lot of, uh, a lot of, hours with me over the years and just generally been a stand-up guy um another one uh kemp q definitely sort of given me a lot of advice over the years um has given me many a leg up in my own youtube channel and and other areas of, of this whole thing and again just generally been a stand-up guy for a long, long time with me, which is, which has been great. He slept on the floor of my bathroom uh, <laughs> at the last room fest, which oh, was which is good. Um, and then the last one, a recent person actually, who I've only really started speaking to in the last sort of uh, few weeks, is a YouTube creator by the name of Telecon, who does a uh, chest locked series on YouTube, and um, that's a good uh, good series. But he's also just a just a a good guy who's been kind of you know good good to bounce ideas off from time to time and uh has been sort of useful on making creative decisions and helping me out with uh sponsorships and that kind of thing so yeah those are those, those are my three very nice i'll take it guys for those still listening down in the description i'll have phrase socials his youtube his twitter do you stream on twitch at all no, I don't. I want to. One, one day, when I manage to quit my job, I will. Okay. Well, I'll have your YouTube and your uh, Twitter down there. Uh, is there any other links you want provided? No, no, that's perfect. Okay, cool. Guys, uh, I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. This was actually like a really fun afternoon for me. I appreciate you, Frey. This was, we, we literally went everywhere in the conversation. So 
it's definitely one of them. <laughs> no, thank you for having me on. It was it was nice. I wasn't I wasn't really expecting to be talking about feudalism within the first hour and a half, but you know, things happen. No, it was, it was great. This was honestly like better than expected. So uh, thank you very much. And for those listening, if you want to support the cast, down in the description, there's a Patreon and a YouTube membership link where you can pledge two, five, or ten dollars a month to support the cast and me as a content creator. And uh, yeah, that's it for me. Next Tuesday, we're going to be having um, UIM Loki on the cast, which I'm very excited for. Talked to him at TwitchCon for about an hour, and uh, that was just a really special experience. He's a really lovely guy, so I'm excited for that. So, Frey, thank you once again, and everybody will catch you in the next one. Peace. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.